Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Did You Read the Book, a comparative podcast for movie buffs and bookworms come together to talk about stories and their adaptations that we love, hate, or love to hate. I am your host, Erin Palmer, and I'm once again joined by the lovely Mary. Hello, Mary. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me again. It's so of fun to be course. here. Yes, yes. I'm glad you're back because we're for some, uh, we're up for something completely different, but kind of the same. Yeah. Same. I mean, I guess we could get... Yeah. We'll kind of classify it as the same, but not really. So what are we talking about today, Miss Mary? We are talking about The Witcher, the series yes. and the and the show, the adaptation, and maybe a little bit of the game too. <laughs> oh, there's so much information, yeah. you guys. Like it's, it, it's quite intense. I wouldn't say it's as intense as like interview realm because uh-huh. it hasn't been around for quite as long. It's close mm-hmm. though. Yeah, I was about to say. It was made before I was born. I mean, he, he yeah. first published, started publishing the books before I was even born. I mean, and yeah. I'm not quite young anymore. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, with that lovely little intro, what is the source material called? The source material is uh, The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny in the Witcher series. It's actually very interesting. This series was originally um, published as a short story, but people loved it so much that they demanded he publish more. And he did about 14 other short stories before he just started in 1994 publishing books. So they just started Mm -hmm. small and then it became more. But we have The Last Wish and we have Sword of Destiny where we follow Geralt of Rivia, um, Yennefer, Siri, and a cast of colorful, wonderful characters through their stories, through, you know, politics, war, and strangely, even if the story is dark, there's always some humor and lots of human tales for so much monsters. Yeah, totally. And then um, who wrote it? What years? Uh, Andrew, sorry, Andrew Sapkowski. And it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, published in 1993 and 1992. So sorry, didn't mean to mention. Oh, no, that's okay. No worries. It's like, it, what I thought was kind of interesting is that, so in, in his actual series, Last Wish is the technically the like the book zero. It's like yes. book one technically, yes. and then Sword of Destiny is the second compilation. But Sword of Destiny was actually written first. Wow, which I thought I was so weird. Yeah, so like I did what not I'm, know like, that. Yeah, so Sword of Destiny was written in ninety two, and Last Wish was written in ninety three. But then mm-hmm. in the actual like sequential order of his series, mm-hmm. Last Wish is first. So I'm like, that's bizarre. Like I didn't know that until I started digging into it, and I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and and then. When when you line them all the books up because you try to figure out where to start because you always right. do that with the series like where should I start mm-hmm. and you know if you want to jump right to Siri you know you can do Sword of Destiny but yeah. I mean I think Siri's even mentioned in or the the beginning of her story is mentioned in Last Wish as well yeah yeah because you see the kind of origin of her her parents at the wedding yeah. and like all that kind of thing too. exactly yeah. so technically speaking <laughs> technically speaking <laughs> yeah yeah i just thought that was fascinating i you don't see that very often where people will have like i usually like when people write prequels in their mm-hmm. series it's like years later i've seen yeah. that with like terry goodkind and stuff like that like a lot of mm-hmm. fantasy write, writers will go back and write prequels but yeah. it's they've been writing for like literal decades yeah but this is like a year gap. So I thought that was really interesting that I've just never seen anything quite that close before. But anyway, I digress. Um, all right. On the flip side, we are going to be talking about the Witcher series, uh, excuse me, season one specifically, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Lauren Schmidt-Hissrich. 
Hisrish. I'm not pronounce that last name. Apologies for those who know how. I'm not a professional. It was released in 2019. It is still ongoing. Yay, yay. And it is featuring lovely folks like Henry Cavill, Freya Allen, Anya Talotra, Joey Beatty, and many, many, many other amazing actors. I was like really struggling on which people to highlight because everyone in it is so good. <laughs> yeah, everyone just really enjoys it and so you can good. really see it that they're all just especially Henry Cavill. Like he he loved the series and he would like and you know, we heard about the cast change recently. It makes me yeah. sad because I heard that a director was like, he's too into it. I'm like, you don't want the main character to really yes. love the story. It's almost like I hate to bring this back to like interview with the vampire, but you know how like yeah. Sam Reed loves the source material. It's I know. Like, that's when you get peak performances when the right. actors because really they're love actually the invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill is like a super nerd and mm-hmm. loved the Witcher games. So when they approached him about this role to be uh, Geralt of Rivia, he was like, hell yeah. And mm-hmm. he did, I mean, he embodied it. So we'll get into this more, obviously, yes. but he embodied it so well. Oh, and he embodied it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lord almighty. Spicy. <laughs> Yum. Mm. Mm. Yes. Leather. Yes. Full, yeah, um, full, yeah. full body. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was unfortunate. And we'll get into more of that probably with the show. But there was a casting switch, mm-hmm. um, ha- not halfway through the, sh- the series, but through the series, which I'm I'm very sad about because I actually am not a big fan of Henry Henry Cavill because all I'd really seen him was Superman, and Superman is my least favorite comic book person. <laughs> right there with you, it's like oh, he's the he's the OP guy who yeah. can beat everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So this was like such a nice way to be like, oh, he actually is a really good actor. And I actually exactly. do like other representations of him. Mm-hmm. So love it. Anyway, obviously, y'all, as you can tell, we're both very nerdy and very in-depth about this. So spoiler alert, lots yes. of spoilers. We are talking about this in incredible depth, probably more than anybody asked for. But you know what? <laughs> you're still listening. So you're stuck with us, I'm afraid. Uh, if you don't want things spoiled, pause go experience the bajillion things that are the Witcher series. We've got the games, we've got the books, there's a lot of them, and then Mm -hmm. we've got the series that is ongoing. We're about to start season three soon, and I'm very excited. Anyway, pause, do those things, experience it, enjoy it. Just just soak it in. Then come and then back, come back and nerd yes, out please with come us. back. <laughs> yeah, and then back please come back and nerd, and nerd out. <laughs> we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting. We've yes, got our yes, little ever so patiently. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So before we get started, Miss Mary, are you pro source or pro adaptation? Oh, that's really really hard because <laughs> I got introduced to The Witcher through the games, and then I started reading the stories, and I got to tell you, I, I think. You know, just a quick answer. I'm pro-source because Mm -hmm. it's not that I hate the adaptations, but the source is so good. It's so good. And you look back at like, you know, it was written in the 80s and 90s and it's just so progressive and it's so colorful. And so often you're used to reading like old fantasy high fantasy and you're so you're slogging through lore and believe me there is a little bit of slogging with politics and stuff I'm like oh my god they're still talking about but there's (laughs) but there's so much life and there's so much comedy and vibrancy and so much so much to love so the series is my favorite I will I love it so much I listen to the audiobooks fairly regularly because nice it is amazing yeah no I I really enjoyed it the books I actually was introduced via the games as well but Mm -hmm. my brother and my husband Keith are both very big avid 
Witcher players. So I mm-hmm. just would kind of glean off of them what they would play and learn very small tidbits here and there. Mm-hmm. And then once the show came out, I was like, okay, this has kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And we watched the show and I was like, this is beautiful, yes. which then spurred me to like me and along with a million other people to then go and read the books. Yay. So it was like a very long journey <laughs> to hey, get but there. You got there. You got I got there. there. <laughs> but yeah, the, the books are beautifully written and it is um, really interesting because I think we kind of talked very briefly but they're compilations Mm -hmm. for the first two books so it's all short stories and it's it's just kind of a snippet of time Mm -hmm. and they it bounces around quite a bit but it still is quite cohesive which i was really happy about Mm -hmm. it's very episodic very like flavor of the day but there are you know they're connecting themes throughout each little story and like little nods to other stories and he just does it so brilliantly it's just something i want to bring up really fast about his oh yeah yeah andrew sapowski's writing he does this thing where he takes m- small little characters. Like there's this one who he was like a little messenger and he mm-hmm. writes them so beautifully and with so much depth. They're like, I want a series about just this little character or just this little bartender. Yeah. I want to know more about him. And so he does that so often in his stories. Like every book has a little bit of that. And I'll just stop and look at my twin because we would read them together. And like he is so good because I'm just immersed you yeah. know you're not having to slog and be like okay we've finally made it to an action sequence or we finally yeah. something's finally happening <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful coloring and you're right it's like minimal characters but they have so much impact for being such a small piece of the story mm-hmm. and it yeah it's it's pretty stellar writing y'all and I always forget like I also listen to the audiobooks and I always forget like this was not written in English like, Mm-mm. this was translated from Polish. And even in English, like, they they did a really great job of translating it in a way that actually, to me, I mean, I've never read the original Polish version, nor do I read Polish. So it's hard to know if it's actually, like, true, true, true to the Polish version. But you you still get that beautiful color, even though it's been translated, which I love. Yeah, I mean, and you'd like to hope, or at least I can kind of trust that there is they kept his voice because there is a definite voice in his writing. Oh, yeah. So I, I definitely think that the translation is at least mostly, you know. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. you're so open. <laughs> Otherwise, why are these people being paid to do this job? Because exactly. it's not an easy job. So I would oh, hope yeah. they're doing it justice. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Do you want to give us a quick little synopsis? I know we're covering two different concepts of uh source material and they're kind of a hodgepodge so I'll let you take away on how you want to introduce them (laughs) okay so you know uh, I guess you know sort of destiny was written first but we'll go with last witch wish because like you said it was it's technically zero Mm -hmm. um and like you mentioned they're they're little short stories they're very episodic and we also see a nod to like to fairy tales because we have mm-hmm. kind of a little yeah, totally. mermaid situation going on in one of the stories. We have, you know, a definite beauty and the beast in two different stories. You know, we have like a guy who's been cursed and he has yeah. to like find true love. And, you know, it's like a Bruxa at the end. And she's like, she declares his love before Geralt kills. And the, the curse goes, he's like, technically it's love. So you broke the curse. <laughs> but one of my, one of my other favorite things is, um, how the monsters are way more human than like the real monsters are yes. the, you know, the people who are sitting at tables shoveling lives onto a war and stuff like that. And yeah. Geralt just, Geralt is way funnier. Cause I remember seeing the Witcher two and I'm like, Oh man, this guy's just an angsty 
jerk womanizer. And then you read the books and goes, no, he's not. Whoever made that yeah. game has no idea who Geralt of Rivia is. Yeah, because, exactly. <laughs> because don't, don't get me wrong. Geralt does get his dick wet from time to time. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's also a big dork. And yeah. Like a huge dork. And yeah. I still remember one of my favorite scenes is when he's chasing this changeling around and he just got a new jacket. And he's like sitting at the start of the story. He's like, Dandelion, look at look at my new jacket. Do you like it? I just I just got it. <laughs> and Dandelion's like, yeah, I won't last. And then so he chases it. As he's running, he's got, you know, the big biceps. And so it tears yeah. and he stops in the middle and starts cursing. It's, it's like, just man, the- my new jacket. <laughs> yep. And, and so the, one of the main subplots in that little story, and I, I can't remember specifically, but it is the story in one of the two that has to do with the changeling. Um, okay. And one of the things is like, I don't care how much you pay me. Just get me a new fucking jacket. I just want a new fucking jacket. And it's like, Geralt doesn't do a lot for himself, okay? He barely ever, like, does something for me. So when he, it's either getting Roach some food or getting yeah. a jacket or just sleeping in a place that is not covered in shit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a nice lady of the night once in a while. But, As you do. Yes. But, um, yes. Um, basically, the story follows him. Um, Jennifer Vengerberg, um, Dandelion, who's uh, called, um, oh gosh, there's another story. Yesker. Uh, yeah, Yesker. Yeah. Yeah, in the story. And then, you know, we've got Siri, and her story is so. Girl cannot mm. catch a break. The only yeah, time no she catches a break, and this is getting ahead in the story a little bit, yeah. <laughs> is when they have their little found family for like a really small pocket of time. Yeah. But, um, um, in Last Witch, it's basically Geralt, um, Yeskir, and Yennefer kind of various running into each other, Geralt mostly by himself interacting, and you're just kind of figuring out about the world and magic mm-hmm. and what witchers do, where witchers, you know, the populace thinks they're like monster hunters, and technically they, they are. Technically are. But they're, yeah. <laughs> they're actually more like supernatural therapists, where it's like, how can I help solve this problem? <laughs> they yeah, really totally. don't like having to kill things. They'd much rather just not do that and not risk their mm-hmm. lives. Um, and it's more almost like, 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 a like a biologist, like he knows mm-hmm. about like the science and like, okay, you're you're doing this in the water. Okay, stop doing that. That's going to piss off this monster. Yeah. Um, so in Last Wish, you know, they, there's a lot of obvious tension because Geralt and Yennefer are kind of drawn to each other. Um, even though uh, they don't like each other at first, but I think that's mostly with Geralt. Like he'll run into people they won't like and then they'll they'll have a nice strong friendship. Um, yeah. And uh, in Last Wish, the Last Wish refers to the djinn that they find. Mm-hmm. And the source material is pretty on point with following the beats of this story. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, man. And... Um, Basically, Geralt wishes at the very end of all the story and when everything's for them to be in love. But Yennefer doesn't like that because she doesn't know whether her love is pure or whether it's the wish. real or not. And so that really makes her mad. Um, But Geralt's like, I just love you. (laughs) I know. I like you a lot. Yeah, he didn't think of it like a creepy, like, make her love me. He thought of it like, I just want to be there with you. Um, Yeah. But there's um, also... I, for, I don't know which story this is formally called because they all have various translations, but it's the one mm-hmm. with the golden dragon, which they actually oh, do yeah. have. And, okay, they do good in, in the adaptation, I'm telling you, but yeah. the source material, and I believe this is either, I think it's in Sword of Destiny or Last Wish. I forget which it's one. The first, it's the first story in Sword of Destiny. Okay, awesome. I'm glad you yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. that's one of them because I just, I, I read over, I'm like, oh, I remember this one. I remember the little details. Mm-hmm. There's this scene at the end of it that they don't have in the adaptation, which I kind of get because mm-hmm. 
in the uh, in the source material, Andros doesn't do this a lot. This is a fantasy thing that a lot of authors do a whole lot, and he really doesn't do too much. This is really one of the only times that it really happens. But Yennefer's caught, and like the guys are being jerks, and yeah. they're like, you know, uh, taking her clothes off and being yeah. jerks. But then. <laughs> She gets her ass up. She's like half tied up. She frees one foot and with her toe, she casts a spell and is like doing all. And I remember having yeah. to put the book down and be like, this is metal as shit. Badass. And yeah. I, and I, I was just in like her tits are hanging out and she's being all metal. <laughs> and she's like turning an entire army into like toads or some shit. Yeah. And I just like, one, I'm glad they kept the sleaziness out of the show. Yes. Because I know that I was going... Every time there's like yeah. a fantasy thing and a woman gets caught, I'm like, are they going to do the thing well, they, they always do? Yeah. With? And yeah. so I'm glad they kept, they steered away from that. But on the same token, I'm like, I wanted to see Jennifer be in metal. I know. Uh, I mean, they make her metal in a lot of other ways in the show. Do. But yeah, that scene, I I agree with you. I think that um, we've actually, we kind of touched on this at the, in, the interview uh, episode where using like character growth via sexual assault. Mm-hmm. It's just a very male lens, and mm-hmm. I just don't like it when it's there, and it is utilized a lot in cinema. Especially, Especially in, in high fantasy. Yeah, in high fantasy, they always go, well, this is what happened. I'm like, in this day and age, that's still going on, but I don't want to see it in every single movie, okay? Right. It's like, right. I know that it goes on. I'm not sticking my head, and I just like, I would just rather it not exist unless it, it's an absolute necessity, like in yeah. like um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo or something like that was a horrible thing. I'm sorry, we're jumping into another No, that's story, totally fine, but that a is horrible- a fun fact. That's on my list, because that is also a book series and several film adaptations. Anyway, if we'll you, get there. And but, yeah. also a comic book, too. And a comic yeah. book, yeah. yeah. If you do want to invite me on for that, I fucking love that series. So Okay, jotting that down, friends, because that's been on my list for a while. But yeah, that that is very pivotal yes. to that character, even though it is a graphic as shit scene it's like upsetting physically upsetting oh i I had to set Um, it down i had to stop yeah i had to stop reading it it took me probably three sittings to Mm -hmm. just get through that you know couple Mm -hmm. like what 10 page sequence yeah it's rough but i mean that made sense in the Mm -hmm. context of the of the book but this yeah i Beerman was that and and she dealt with hunting down and getting rid of these like these mm-hmm. sleazy. I'm sorry, we're going into another book. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying like he really Andrew Sapkowski does not do it too much. Now is it there? Yes, yes. it's there. Yeah, and there yeah. there's a few scenes with Siri where I'm like, come on, yeah. she's twelve. Can we not? Yeah. Can yeah. we not? It's like, can you not describe that, Andrus? Because in so many ways, he's so progressive in his stories. And totally. he does dodge really toxic tropes. And he shows a lot of good, like, fuck yous to, to tropes yeah. for being so old, too. Like, for it being yeah. such a an old um, series. But mm-hmm. then sometimes, you know, you're going to run into it because it's a yeah, high the traps fantasy. are still there. Yeah, it's a high fantasy yeah. thing from the 80s, 90s. And... And yeah. they had it. And if you just let people know, if you do read the Witcher series, Siri goes through shit. So just letting you yeah. know that. And Yennefer yeah. goes through shit. But Yennefer, I think um, she gets yeah. out of, there's this one situation where I'm like, and then she just kind of like, I think busts one of their no- noses in or something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, go Yen. <laughs> yeah. Yennefer you. is, God, I love her character. She, she is, is by she far d- yeah, she does, one of my faves. He, yeah. He does not make his women weak. He makes them yeah. very like, they have their own 
they have their own agency. They have their own their own goals. They're not just mm-hmm. like, "Where's Geralt? Where's my Geralt?" It's like, "Nah, I got, yeah. I got, I got, I got stuff this." Going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that because um, there is again high fantasy. It's mm-hmm. the whole like Guinevere Lancelot kind of vibe yes. happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like romantic, granted, but at the same time very overplayed and mm-hmm. also not necessary for every single female character to have to go through love gained, love lost to then become something new to then find their true love or blo- yeah. you know like that kind of trope is just exhausting and yeah. boring. But yeah, he he definitely didn't have the same trajectories and I I kind of like like going back to what you said before like I didn't even correlate it but it is very much like fairy tale based. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that until you started bringing that up, which is like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, which even is, is um, glorious. Yeah, even um, gosh, um, the, the girl he has to kill, like that really tough short story with the Stregobor, oh, and he's like, yeah, the, the women yeah. of like the born under the black sun or something like that. Uh-huh. And it even ties to Siri too, because Siri does have to do with that curse, or her yeah. mom has to do with that curse. But I remember reading that. I'm like, this is such an interesting take. Like, you've got this guy who's just obsessed with, like, hunting these women down. And he's clearly just just lost his mind, woman-hating. They're all hysterical. Mm-hmm. And then you have this woman who's, she's been through hell, you know. And she's know. rightfully angry. And yeah, and I just, like, I was so, at the end, it was so emotional for me. Because at the same time, I'm like, why you got to kill her? It's like, because she's, she's, she's violent. She's going to kill somebody, you know. It's like, yeah. and... In the end, you know, Strigobor is the monster or, you know, the, yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who's trying to hunt down and kill all these innocent girls and probably- Well, and he already more. has. She was yes. like the last one, right? Exactly. I mean, he's exactly. been doing this for a, over a decade where it's like, oh, that chick was born under a, a black moon. She must die because she most likely has issues. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know what it was. Like, she was She was like a little four-year-old and she like cried when she didn't get what she wanted. And he's like, look- there's the anchor. There's Satan. The anchor. Yeah, Satan has her. Satan has her, guys. This website, just you go ahead and let me kill that kid for you. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I, I do really like how a lot of the characters, like we, we kind of touched on this earlier, but it, it is kind of a struggle where Geralt is, you know, he is a monster hunter, but it's like half the time the humans are the ones that are more monstrous than the actual monsters. And in yeah. this case, you know, uh, Stregobor is a, a wizard who is human, and then I'm mm-hmm. totally blinking on the gal's name, but um, the one that he's trying to kill because of the curse, mm-hmm. they're both human, and so it's like, who's more of the monster in this situation? And neither of them are actual monsters, yeah, and right? She's, like, and she's like this because of the right. way people treated her. Right, because, because she of- was trying to be assassinated at a very young age, and so her life was totally turned upside down. Yeah, I think there was even talk of like some some other crappy stuff that happened to her. And there I'm was like, some sexual assault with her too. Yeah, yeah which and was not great. And it's like no wonder her. Yeah, her. It's like when you have like speaking from again, you know, I'm going to pull my little. I know how the child brain develops card out. Yeah, and yeah. and it'd be like she has literal holes in her head. Like whether or not she's yeah. cursed. Like if you grow up like that, you're going to grow up with with literal literal holes in your brain. Yeah. Because yeah. you were not able to grow and develop correctly, and it's just it's just yeah rough. Yeah, I mean it's incredible what trauma will do to your actual like mental development, especially at a young age. Because mm-hmm. I think they said she was like twelve or younger when they were. I can't remember how old they said she was when they were going to try and assassinate her, but she was young, so yeah. it's like very developmentally like early 
Yeah, and just stressful. and when you think of it, like how how cognizant and how she had like her own band of men and she was like a little leader. Yeah. It's like still doing pretty good for all that. Yeah. Yeah, she had her kind of chosen family, which that's actually a, a pretty big theme in his work, in Andre's work, mm-hmm. where, you, you know, your family might be kind of a train wreck and trying to actively kill you. So then you have to adapt and find a chosen family, which mm-hmm. is it, you see that time and time again, especially when it comes to Geralt and um, and Yennefer and then eventually Ciri. So they have their own kind of little family unit that they have created because mm-hmm. their family is non-existent or distant, or mm-hmm. both. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, but uh, be- before, uh, something I got to mention while we're talking books, we yeah, got yeah. we got to talk about, you know, the first story in The Last Wish, because mm-hmm. we're talking about, like, the humans being monsters. Let's let's talk about fucking full test. You know? oh, let's talk yeah. about, you know, Ada. And, yeah. you know, because I just, I remember reading that and then each of the layers. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Each of the layers coming over and I'm just like, and and they do it pretty well in, in mm-hmm. the adaptation, you know, but yeah. it was just such a like, I, I mean, fantasy or no, this is like a drama and I'm peeling it back because at first you think like, oh, it's just because you're following along almost like, like a villager who's just watching like, oh, there's a monster. You yep. need to go kill that monster. And Geralt's like. But do I? But, <laughs> yeah. but, but this isn't what you think it is. And yeah, I feel like there's more going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, so that story, let's talk about that for a quick second. Like the the kind of background for that, that first initial story is that girl is um, in a town and <laughs> he, he, the villagers want to rough him up because they don't like witchers because yeah. everybody's got biases, which again, we'll talk about that. There's a ton of bias in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, they end up, basically like trying to beat him up doesn't work and then he gets pulled in by the the police essentially mm-hmm. and then the crown of the area ends up trying to hire him to what well some people are wanting them to him to kill it mm-hmm. but the actual like i don't is he a king or is he a i don't actually know if he's a king or a baron or like but he's something i think um, a um ostrich or a lord he's, yeah he's a lord he wants it yeah because he's he wants to you know it's political he wants this thing just for political thing against full test which believe yeah. me fuck full test okay yeah, <laughs> but also test. fuck orset <laughs> yeah orset. so basically they he gets hired to kill a monster which they call a striga mm-hmm. and f- turns out that the striga is actually the 14 year old daughter of the king mm-hmm. and it was the love child of him and his now deceased sister. Mm-hmm. So there's some incest going on in there. Yeah. And it it was just, yeah, so the, the more he kind of dug into it, it's like half the people want him to kill it because they think it's an abomination. It needs to die. And yeah. then Full Test is like, it's my daughter, so I want you to do everything you can to save her. But mm-hmm. if she is beyond saving and it's in self-defense, then yes, you can kill her. Yeah. So it's like this very weird back and forth. And so then, you know, you start looking at the actual human politics Mm -hmm. and then you look at the actual monster hunting, which all kind of comes together in this story because Astriga is technically a monster or a creature or whatever you want to call it. She'll kill shit, you know? Yeah. And um, but Geralt, you know, he does this thing in every story where someone points him in a room and goes, kill that thing. And he'll go. Yeah. No. But why? (laughs) But why? Why do you want me to kill that thing? Does that that thing hurt anybody? (laughs) It's like, or or why is it hurting anybody? What's the antecedent? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it it is an interesting way for him to break down. He's like, I understand that 
what you see you think is a monster, but it's actually a 14-year-old girl that was cursed and is currently in the form of a streak and you have to break the curse to save her. But then it, it does kind of roll out to, well, okay, say we actually break the curse. She's no longer visibly a Striga, but mm-hmm. will she actually be a 14-year-old girl? Mm-hmm. Because she's lived her entire life as a Striga. So we have no idea what she's going to be mentally yeah. when she gets out of this form. So it's like, is that worth saving her if it is harder for her to survive as a human because mm-hmm. she's been a Striga for so long? It's fascinating oh, yeah. to just see the kind of like societal and like um, ethic yeah. discussion because around when she's it, out, beyond is just, she yeah. going to be able to speak to people? Is she to function if, at if, all? If she's, like, if she's past that zone of language learning, because there is, there is a certain time in the brain's, and again, pulling out that brain development code, yeah, there yeah, is a yeah. certain time in the brain's development that if you have not learned language, you can't. Like, you just yeah. can't. And yeah. so that's another thing, you know, but I think you know, and and then also, you know, you've been a streaker for so long, it's like, are you just going to start trying to still eat people and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. And, yeah. um, but he, he wants, you know, I saw it with Geralt, like he wanted it to be her terms. Like she has never gotten a say about anything in her life. All of this right. drama, this curse on her has been because these, these fucking people, you know, they either want the throne or they want to usurp, usurp someone or they want to fuck their mm-hmm. sister and yeah. they don't want everyone <laughs> to know about that. And, um, yeah. and then it just reminded me of, you know, and we'll talk about this later, you know, cause we're talking about the books right now, but they even mm. kind of, they kind of weave in the same feeling of this story into a quest, a main quest in The Witcher 3 about a botchling. And, oh, um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just like, oh man, that's what I love about these monsters. It's like, it's not the monsters that are the problem. It's these fucking humans. They got to stop being pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you think about like some of the monsters are, you know, they were monsters to begin with that wasn't some sort of intervention that caused it like a curse or something. Mm-hmm. But for this particular story, this was very much influenced by people. Mm-hmm. And the outcome is this girl had to suffer the price of other people's greed and other people's like avarice. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just really interesting to see that, you know, not everything is what it seems. And a lot of people see witchers and they're like, oh, you just like to kill things. You don't ask. You just swing first and then kill it and then go on your merry way for your money because they just think they're mercenaries, essentially. Yeah. And it is so much more than that. And there actually is quite a bit of rationale behind what Geralt is willing to do for money versus yeah. what he said. He's like, this is not this goes against my core beliefs or this goes against my kind of. Like moral compass. Yeah, like his moral compass essentially where he's like, I don't believe that this is what you actually want, even though this is like you're, this is a reaction of fear, not of rationality. Exactly. And he actually comes in with rational thought and it's it's fascinating. And and that's another it. layer to the whole story is the trial of grasses and how, you know, he got oh, yeah. he got treated so so, you know, he got went through hell as a kid and he's supposed to be like this emotionless, but he feels, this boy feels, we watch this boy feel. And, you know, he says so often, or it's like, it's thrown around in the drama. It's like, you can't feel anything. It's like, oh, uh, he does. And yeah, um, he's just good at masking it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, but one of my, another favorite and, you know, going in like a sweeter direction, because in these stories, we get such a good mix of like horror and like mm-hmm. intrigue. And then we get, yeah. like, there's this very sweet scene. in I think, I think it's sort of destiny, like literally the story sort of destiny where he sees mm-hmm. Siri, um, Brokilon and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, it's like her and this little dryad and he's like escorting them around and he's like giving her like little pieces of like apple and they're like being sweet mm-hmm. and traveling and they get all like bundled up 
And they're like, and I think a series like, tell us like, tell us a bedtime story. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then the Striga, and then not, the Striga, the, the Dryad's like, come on, come on, bedtime story. And he's like, please, 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 please. Okay. And, yeah. And he tells him a little story and you can tell he's like, he enjoys it because he loves telling stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then by the time he's done, they're like asleep and he's like, and it's just, it's, I just remember. Best night ever. Yeah. I remember reading that and being like, this is so sweet. And then we get mm-hmm. to the end of that story where he finally gets to see Siri again and they're going to be yeah. together. And I just, I literally cried. I just cried. I'm oh, just like, this yeah. is so sweet. I'm going to put on the uh, soundtrack to Wolf Children and just, <laughs> and just cry. Have a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is really, really cool that you're, you're right. It does have like a lot of different genres that pop up per story. And that's kind of the beauty of it being a compilation mm-hmm. is that you get these little flavors scattered throughout each of the stories and Mm -hmm. some focus very similarly on the same kind of ethics question or you know what makes a it's this actually this makes me laugh it makes me think of uh hunchback of notre dame like what makes the monster and what makes the man kind of Mm -hmm. thing so yeah i mean that's definitely a theme but it has a lot of different tones that it can take on and it it meshes Mm -hmm. for not actually being a like an actual linear story it does pop around but it still meshes really really well and i just Chef's kiss. Yep. It's so good. I mean, it's needless so to say, from both of us just gushing, you know, yeah. if you haven't <laughs> read these books yet, read They're them. They're beautiful. And if you're not yeah. a big book reader, the audiobooks are, are really, They're really so good. Good and, yeah. and I need to find the gentleman who who reads. I mean, to find his name, but I can't remember yeah. either. But yeah, yeah, he reads all of them, and they're great. And the thing they're I love about great. it is, like, like if a character's coughing, he'll work that cough mm-hmm. into like his mm-hmm. dialogue. If the character is like tired, he'll he'll. It's like he does it so well. And also, he mm-hmm. doesn't do the stupid thing that some some men do when they're reading female voices and just do this. Have the high pitch voice. Yeah, it's like no, <laughs> we don't all talk like that. Um, no, no. But no. um, it's just audiobook, mwah, you know, actual text, mwah, you know, just mm-hmm. read the books if you haven't. They are so good. You fly through them because they, except yeah. for those, man, those political scenes. And they're few and far between. But the ones where it's like. But they're there. Back in, back <laughs> in the day of the king of the night and the sword and the. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just yeah. want to keep going. Just keep going. I know. There's definitely some like Game of Thrones vibes where it's like, okay, guys, we need to sp- pick this up a little bit. There's mm-hmm. too much. There's too much words. I the, am. The but then Short he always attention. rewards you like he sandwiches it. It's like, and yeah. Geralt's in the bathtub again. I'm like, yay, Geralt's in the bathtub yay. again. My boy is hygienic. Because if yeah. he doesn't, he's covered in fucking monster guts all the time. All like he, the time. He got to stay yeah. clean, though he is a dirty motherfucker a lot, though. And there's so many yeah. stories where he's- I mean, his line of work, not surprising. Because yeah. he's in and out of crazy stuff all the time. But um, I did want to touch a little bit on like what your thoughts were around the actual- um, so the the series is called The Witcher, but mm-hmm. just like what witchers actually are. Like we I wanted to kind of break that down. Ooh. So yeah, like so so it's for those who are not familiar and are still sticking out, welcome, thank you. Um but witchers were basically children that were mm-hmm. given to an order and magically altered to be superhuman essentially. Mm-hmm. And the survival rate <laughs> of this yeah. this like this this basically a surgery um, the trial of grasses um, does not play. The, yeah. So this this trial actually was like high mortality rate. Um, it is extremely traumatic on the body and they're doing it to literal children. So they're just like n- not very many of them make it. Mm-hmm. And for those who do, 
it's extremely painful and it is not a pretty process mm-hmm. and it completely transforms them where we kind of said before that you know they they are trained to have basically no emotion mm-hmm. no connection they are basically just killing machines mm-hmm. with superhuman modifications it's pretty dr- tr- pretty dramatic yeah i mean and then here's the thing even if you survive you know congratulations you survived. You, Your you, life sucks the, from the, here on The out. surgeries and the mutations <laughs> and the spells didn't kill you. Good job. But then here's this. You're going to go out and fight a monster. And that monster yeah. might just fucking kill you. So it's like, yeah. it's like you've got that. You've got both of those two things. Like, and yeah. that's why there's so few of them. And, yeah. and then, of course, you know, there was the, the great, you know, like there was like a culling of them where they just, it just yeah, fucking stopped. Like a big purge. But um, yeah. there is an animated, we, we, this is the show, but there is an animated movie that follows uh, Yezimir, uh, Yezimir, or yeah, Vizimir, Vizimir, yeah, Vizimir, yeah. Oh, Vizimir, yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> there is follows, but it does show, it shows the trial of grasses. I remember watching it and going, oh my God, this is oh. trial of grasses. Oh my God. It is not play. Uh, it's, yeah. I remember hearing it like, why is it called the trial of grasses? It's the trial. That of, sounds so happy. The trial <laughs> of I relate it to because I've been through cancer. I'm like I relate it as yeah. like chemotherapy, kill everything and hope that the kid lives. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. It's it's pretty intense because they they physically change. They mm-hmm. like visibly change. They meant I, I mean literally everything about them. So it's it's like a combination of I think they explained it as like a combination of medicine and magic. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think there's like elven magic and then they have kind of medicinal Mm -hmm. kind of combination and they harnessed it Mm -hmm. in order to create these superhumans. And it's just so messed up because it's, it it blows my mind that it's like, who thought that one, doing this on a person in general was a good idea Two doing on children, doing this on children Uh was a good idea. And I, I don't remember, like, I haven't gotten through all the books, so I don't know. Do they explain why they picked children versus adults? I'm sure they have, but it has been, it's been quite a few years since I've read the stories. Okay. Like if you had asked me in the middle of college, I'd be able to fire off the facts (laughs) to you. Yes. I'm happy that I remember the little scenes that I loved so much from when I read all those books. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess maybe because, I mean, here's the thing with kids. You know, they might be smaller, but they have way more willpower than, than adults. Because, I mean, yeah. even a doctor told me, and again, I hate to flash the cancer card, but no, you know, no, no. If, a, if a 60-year-old person gets cancer, they might just be like, eh. You know, and just let, but yeah. a kid has a lot more drive, a lot more willpower, a lot more, like, gotta live you know so that's true that could be it or it might be that they're young and like not fully developed so they can have these these mutations develop with them as they grow up that's what i was wondering Um, yeah that might be it um but it is it is no joke and um just very a very huge part about being a witcher because it's not just like here's a sword learn how to fight because the cool thing about the science in Andros Sapkowski's world is that it's magic is science, you know, magic Mm -hmm. is like chemistry, chemistry. Yeah. And physics too. And it's It's really fascinating. And uh, there's a, there's like a scene uh, later on in the stories, I think either the third book or the fourth book where Yennefer has like been put into like an object and they release her and she like comes out, she's just vomiting and peeing. And yeah. she's like, sorry, I, everything's expanding. Just give me a minute. Yeah. She's just give, sitting in give a- Give me a hot second. Yeah, she's sitting in a fountain <laughs> and she's just peeing. She's like, one moment. Yeah, I need a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, good for you. I'm just like, I'm going to need a minute. I just, I went from being this big to being this big. So yeah, <laughs> give me a moment. Yeah, it is really cool how the science is actually quite 
um, prominent mm-hmm. where it is there is an element to magic, but then you look at a lot of the um, the the sorcerers and the sorceresses and and you look at their kind of work and what they do. It is a combination of like science and magic and then also a little bit of like alchemy mm-hmm. um it it is a very cool fusion yeah. and it actually kind of makes me think of full metal alchemist yes a little bit, yes where, but but not obviously full metal is not as high fantasy mm-hmm. but it is a very similar thing where you're taking very magical elements and fusing it literally mm-hmm. with everyday things mm-hmm. and it's it's very cool yeah. i really like it yes it's it's you're making me want to read the books again (laughs) i know it's it's really cool and there's a lot of little elements like especially with Geralt, he's the focal point obviously Mm -hmm. yes so there's a there's a lot of things with him where you know some of his high fantasies he's got two different types of sword one is made of silver Mm -hmm. and one is made of steel and silver is for the monsters and steel is for the people Mm -hmm. because silver is usually something that monsters are um, susceptible to and then there's also he's got little um, I'm going to totally botch it but uh, he's got like some potions and things that he'll take to help kind of mm-hmm. stimulate him more and make him more alert yeah. and more like and stronger and stuff That so it's like and this is things that they've actually said in the books that if a normal person yes. were to take him it's straight up a toxin mm-hmm. and it would kill them but because they're witchers and they've been modified it actually enhances them instead of just flat out killing Precisely. Them. <laughs> so like that is. It's so crazy. Yeah, I was going to mention that with the trial of grasses. Like they have to do yeah. these in order to use this magic because a normal human, if they were trying to do this it kind would of just magic enhancement, flat out kill you. You just die. <laughs> and that reminds me of a, of a scene Amazing. from the Striga um, full test story where he's just sitting up in the castle and he's just got his little potions and his eyes have turned. Little Ortez yeah. comes up. He's like, hey, um, are you done? He looks down and just, he's like, fuck. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. You're doing your thing. You keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Visually, it's so cool to hear like his skin goes pale. His eyes get like dark and like the very, it, it, yeah, veiny and stuff. And I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they did an amazing job in portraying that in the they show. Did. I loved the visual that they gave for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the book does an amazing job, though, of describing it. But the man, they really nailed it in the show, mm-hmm. I will say. They did. But yes, yeah, so a lot of really cool things like that, where it's the mechanics of the story. It's like you don't technically need those things in there, but that color mm-hmm. is so unique. You get a little so bit good. of everything. If one story is not your cup of tea, maybe it's like too dark, jump to another one. Like promise me, like it yeah. is a ride you will enjoy. It has something for everyone. There's a character you're going to love. All of them are so well fleshed out. I can't recommend yeah. this series more. And I'm glad more people are reading it now because the yeah. the show's doing good. Yeah, it's I mean it's really been spotlighted. The games really picked it up and then the show just blew it up. The so Witcher I mean it's 3. definitely I mean there's a reason people still talking about the Witcher. Yeah, 3. I am ha- going to have to mention game. it near Absolutely. near the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to because yeah. I fucking love that game. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that's one of the few games of the series that I have actually watched, and it is a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. I will say. Um, I mean, I did want to talk a little bit too about. I mean, the, obviously, Geralt is the the focal point, like we said before. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other characters like Yesker or, or Dandelion. They're both the same person. Yeah. Or Yennefer. Yennefer's and big. Siri. Yennefer is amazing. Like I want. I'm 
I want your hot take on Yennefer. What are your thoughts on her? I love her. I love her. I love her because... <laughs> End statement. <laughs> yeah. I love her because she is allowed to be a flawed main female protagonist. Dude. Because yeah. she has so many... And she has her own... And I mentioned this. It's It sounds like such a basic thing to give a character, but we just don't see it enough in fantasy and especially yeah. for the female love interest or just the female character, you know, she's not constantly looking for love. She's co- not like pining after girls. I mean, she'll come and get that when she wants to get that. And then she's like, I got when she needs it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I'm going to go do and my then own she's thing. Like, I'm out. Yeah. And then even when he's yep. like getting kind of like territorial and stuff, cause he's, he got a big heart and he's like, I just want you. I just, and she's like, no, I got to go do this guy over here. He's, he's, he's good, but I'll come back to you later. Yeah. I'll come, I'll come back to you later. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay i'll be i'll be here yeah and then she and then they're both like causing drama and she's like i'm gonna go i don't need this shit mm-hmm. i'm an old yeah. old fucking witch i don't need this shit yeah and, and that's what i love about her is that she's given so much like maturity and like she like she actively takes part in politics she you know says it how's it as it is but she's also very eloquent she's also very caring like when she does mm-hmm. slip into the mother role with Siri, she does it very like at first she's kind of like, yeah, child, ah, I'm getting I'm getting triggered here. You know, it's like yeah. I kind of really wanted a kid. And I don't know how I'm feeling about this. But she's just yeah. she's very sweet. And she also she, you know, she loves Siri because she's not just, you know, like a little girl who needs help. But she's also like a little witch. You know, she's a little mm-hmm. magic girl. And she's like, OK, I'm going to be helping you with the magic of magic. And then the magic of yeah. here are some things to help you with your period. You're changing. Yeah, because lady times. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yennefer's character is fascinating because one of the the cooler, I mean, it's it's one of the, the darker sides of the book for sure is they they talk about what it is to become a witch mm-hmm. or a warlock. And um it's pretty intense. It's a very similar trajectory to what it is with um, being a witcher, mm-hmm. where they have to go through some pretty intense magical procedures to become what they are. Mm-hmm. And the, the kind of the bigger focal point for Yennefer is that in order for the magic to work, they have to give up being able to give birth or to have any sort of bearing children. So they are sterile. Yeah. And but I mean, when you think about it, though, if cigarettes and beer can can mess up a fetus, can you imagine just like casting fire like, all the time? Yeah. Jumping through portals. Right. It's like that's going to mess up your baby. That can't be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they they sterilize them. And same thing with the witchers. Witchers are also sterile. So it's an interesting thing where that's kind of a, a byproduct of the magic that they have in their system. But then Yennefer has an interesting kind of line where when she gets when she first becomes a witch, mm-hmm. or it's not really a witch, I guess when she becomes what well, there's an actual they call her um not a sorceress, but I think it's they don't actually do they call her a witch or is it I a think different sorceress. word? I think they, they okay, yeah. Word, but witch, so, sorceress. Yes, it's, it's interchangeable, mad, honestly. But bitch who does magic, magic. user. <laughs> bitch who does yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah. So when when she kind of like she she had no power when she was human, mm-hmm. and then she becomes a a witch or a sorceress, and then has all the power. But then it's like she feels like that was all kind of taken from her. She didn't really have a choice because she came from nothing mm-hmm. and this was just thrown at her and she had no other options at the time. Yeah. So then having that ability to have a child was taken from her. And so she kind of is traveling the world to try and find something to reverse it. Yeah. It's such a powerful line because it's like I, I, I know some people are like, oh, you're not a woman unless you've given birth. And it's like, mm-hmm, that's so 
in like inconsiderate on so many levels yeah. first off but it's it is interesting to see how you know if you have if you don't have that choice and then you realize later mm-hmm. that that is something that you wanted obviously that's that's a large amount of trauma that you're going to have to somehow mm-hmm. rationalize and deal with and also because of the magic she lives a long ass time so by the time her and Geralt meet she's like what 300 years yeah, old or something say, by that she point is, yeah. she's really old yeah. <laughs> he is so like talk about cradle robbing but um yeah <laughs> but it goes back to the like you don't know how bad you wanted something or consider until you no longer have that option ever have that again op- yeah because she might have yeah. gone into it and gone man I'm not going to have kids it's going to be fine who cares and now it's like I will never be able to have one but then I sit yeah. in the back and go, it's medieval times. My girl, go find an orphan. There are so yeah. many orphans. Go find an I orphan. <laughs> and she kind of does. Siri honestly kind of fills that niche. But it, it is fascinating to have that kind of social drama yeah. or that it's, it is like a personal social drama, essentially, where it, it's, you know, you have high fantasy, but I feel like that's not usually a topic. Mm-hmm. That comes up. I feel like, again, we kind of go back to sexual harassment mm-hmm. where it's like, a child is birthed out of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a very common trope. Mm-hmm. But in the reverse, I thought that was such an interesting twist. And and then you kind of pivot that with having a magical element to it. So mm-hmm. she's looking to see, like, a dragon. Like, <laughs> yeah. a kill- dragon hearts can give you, like powers to have babies back or yeah. you can have like that she goes looking around for charms and potions yeah. and all sorts of crazy magic things to try and reverse it yeah. and it, yeah it's fascinating and, and then you've got you know it's just like it's like the witcher where you expect just monster hunting it's like it's found family it's found family yeah you know you got these yeah. three people who have been dealt such a rough hand finding comfort mm. and love with one another and it's yeah. it's very sweet. And also, you know, they don't get along all the time either, you know, Yennefer. Yeah, which is true for all families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, but then, you know, you have in, in later books, the you know, where Geralt's just desperately searching for Siri too. And, yeah. and there's such a big reason, you know, because he he she is like his his humanity and like the safety and someone he was able to be himself with and form that family that he would never have been able to have. So Yeah. And she yeah, certainly was not going to have a regular life either, in any case. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, series character. We'll get into her more on the adaptation side because they definitely highlight her more than in the books that the series is based off of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just beautiful character development. And it's it's just so unique. There's so many things about it that – because it's like I, I'm sure that you're – you seem to be in the same vein as me where I love high fantasy yes. and I love that kind of like folklore vibe. And so I very much gravitate towards stories like that. And this is just so different than a mm. lot of stories that I've read and I've read many. Yes. <laughs> so and, oh, I just I feel great. sometimes with high fantasy that so many writers feel the need to kind of go the really – deep lore heavy and believe me there is lore but he does it in a really um a very organic manner you know like i'm going to introduce how witches come about in this story about like yennefer's upbringing like you're going to get to see all Mm -hmm. of it i'm going to talk about the trial of grasses in this one series where we're talking about you know we're meeting another witcher we're we're learning about Mm -hmm. the history of that like he does it in a very uh organic way totally it's very organic and impactful yes. because you it's it's not like why am i just being dropped into the middle of this it actually is very contextually sound mm-hmm. and it oh it just stacks on itself so nicely and mm, 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 just read just kiss y'all read the mm. 
books. Books. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, any final thoughts about the books or do we want to jump into the adaptation? I'm ready for the adaptation. I feel like if we yeah. just if we went back to the books, we'd just oh, we go back just into another tangent, <laughs> which I'm all up for. But I want yeah. to help you with your editing so you don't have a oh, ridiculous <laughs> amount to go through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into the adaptation. So on the flip side, we've got the actual Witcher series, and we're only going to be focusing mostly on season one, but there's obviously, there's two seasons out right mm-hmm. now, and they're coming out with a third soon. But um, I found this synopsis online, <laughs> and it is so comically not good, but I had to read it because it's literally a sentence. I'm like, yeah, because you can encapsulate this in a sentence, mm-hmm. obviously. So... Geralt of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter, struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. Wow. <laughs> and that's it. Struggles to find his place. <laughs> if only I he just, could belong. He's a solitary monster hunter, y'all. Um, I can't tell you how much I hate that description. He's it a, doesn't do any of it justice. Mm, it's like, have you even read the books? I know. Have it's like, do you even know what you're books? writing about? <laughs> Or did she just yeah, go, mean, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't know, sh- sh- something like that, yeah. Uh, Do it I mean, right. to be fair, <laughs> Give us it's a good not synopsis. technically wrong. Technically. Technically, but there's just so much more. Yes. <laughs> there's so much more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I'll, I'll try to synopsisize this a little bit better. But basically, the, the show starts with following Geralt of Rivia in his kind of monster quests. And then it it kind of blows out to see Yennefer Vangerberg and her kind of trajectory. And then it blows out even more to see Ciri mm-hmm. um, of Sintra and how she kind of, like, her life is going. And there's these three different pods of stories that are happening simultaneously until they basically converge. And they're all um, happening it, in different time periods too. Like that's yes. super important. So let's talk about that so when i fun so i said before i had seen parts of the games and then we watched the show and then i eventually found my way to the books so i tell you what this is my one gripe with the show if you don't have any background on the story the first like three or four episodes of the series was so confusing yep yep to see <laughs> oh my I had god read the book so i'm like oh okay so this is not all happening in the same time period. This is like very no. different pockets of time, you know, all yeah, going on. Yeah, but they don't explain that at all. You just have to kind of pick up on it. So fun fact for those who have not seen the show, the the storylines of Geralt versus Yennefer versus uh, Ciri are all happening at completely different mm-hmm. times, but they're back to back in the season. That makes it look like it's happening simultaneously. But in reality... The actual storyline is Yennefer's story is coming first, then Geralt's, then series. Mm-hmm. But they're they're bouncing around like crazy, and you don't really realize it, and still until you start to pick up on them mentioning certain people in one scene, and then you go to another time zone, and they're like younger, or they're mm-hmm. a person that was referenced before that's dead, oh, yeah. and now they're alive. So stuff like that, where they're like, wait a second, wait a second, were they just talking about this person exactly. being dead for like 50, yeah. 60 years, and then they're alive, and you're like, what the hell's happening? So it's it was very confusing. Oh yeah, because that Yennefer's little say. dance thingy, we had just seen like the Striga episode, and she like comes yes. in and it's like little Foltest and his sister, and like, you're gonna bang your and sister soon. Chilled- <laughs> yeah, they're children, and in the you know the the previous story we see um anna the the sister has long since passed mm-hmm. and the striga is there and Folstice is now an older man mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you see them as children when they're like maybe 10 mm-hmm. in, a, in a later scene with Jennifer. So, I mean, it's it's wild. It's wild. And once I caught on, I was like, okay, okay, now I'm starting to get it. But I tell you, it was extremely confusing. And the only reason that I actually was able to kind of grapple with it is because I was watching with Keith Mm -hmm. and Keith is really knowledgeable about the games. Mm -hmm. So he would like, we would pause, Mike, what the hell is going on? And he's like, okay. (laughs) He would kind of explain it. And I'm like, oh man, I never would have gotten this by myself. So I do know that a lot of people griped about how confusing and very like, shocking the transitions were for those who were not familiar with any of the background so that's that's like my one yeah but to be fair how how would they have done it how would they have been like i know this year this person's not here yet you know they would have to have all these different little Mm, subtitles with each introduction so i guess you know just them going we're just not gonna do anything (laughs) yeah and i think that it kind of stayed true to the original books being literal standalone stories Mm -hmm. but with a visual medium it's obviously if you're not adding like 400 years ago or something you know like you're not adding actual like time stamps on things it is a lot harder to convey that but I kind of like like now knowing it and having gone back and watched it many many times now um it it's it is really genius Mm -hmm. like it's really subtle and the more you watch it the more you start to pick up on like, oh, my God, I didn't even notice that last yeah. time. And you start to really see all of these pieces. So they really wove it extremely nicely. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I didn't catch on that it wasn't the t- same time kind of stamps definitely was a, a, a factor that they definitely wove it yeah. very, very tightly. Um, maybe a little too tight, to be honest. <laughs> maybe as tight as the pants. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it yeah, it wild start, <laughs> and then once I kind of got on board, I was like, "This is so good, though." Mm-hmm. And just like I, I talk about this almost every time that I have a favorite show, but it's like the aesthetic was gorgeous, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was gorgeous, the monsters, I, I mean, the monsters are killer cool. Yeah. Like it's such good graphics. With the like Witcher, the if you're gonna probably, do, if you're gonna do monsters, you gotta do them right. You the gotta Witcher. do it right. Yeah. That's the whole the focal point I of was their cheering. kind of existence. When we saw her, I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. The okay, so the Striga is, I think, by far my favorite monster in season one, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is they actually used practical effects mm-hmm. for a lot of the Striga. So tell. it's actually a person in this crazy suit, and they obviously there's some CG incorporated, yeah. but oh my god, the visual effect of this is so freaking sweet and terrifying and gross. Mm-hmm. And I love and it. And see, that's the thing about. Oh practical effects it's like look uh, i love mm-hmm. cg i'm not saying because so many people are cg is completely crap like it has its place but absolutely there is such thing as a marriage between practical yes. and cg Be- and it shows mm-hmm. it shows because it, it's mm. gonna throw out my favorite mm-hmm. movie ever freaking the thing john carpenter's oh the thing. yes <laughs> it's like i was gonna throw out aliens yes. so it's the same kind of thing I, where it's like I yeah one of my practical favorite effects, scenes maybe. when she's in that big room with all of the pods and the mm. queen and i had to yep. pause it and yep. be like she is in that room with all they're of physically that. there she is there yeah. she can see all that and that's the cool oh. thing about practical yeah. effects is like for instance you know we look at like lord of the rings where it's like you've got one person in a green room and oh. they're talking to a green pile of of whatever and yeah it's just like and you even see the performances go down when it's just that it's like believe me they're great actors and they're doing what they can but man but it's hard to imagine something that's not physically yeah, there but when it's there it and it's in front of you it's just mm, yeah 
And yeah, it's just that fight was it. so good. The music's so good. They oh. really tried to keep. I could tell that they were really trying to marry. They were grabbing the two little hands of the video game and the books and going, "We're gonna, we're gonna have fun here. <laughs> have a baby, little baby." Yeah, it was amazing. So the Striga is God, just the aesthetic of it alone. So the sound design, also, I really want to call out the sound design mm-hmm. is wicked good in this oh, show. But so the good. Striga has this crazy like female ridiculous banshee shriek Mm -hmm. and has like these little like chitter titter things that they do in between it's it's stellar like really good sound design it's really gross they have what looks like a person who's on all fours and has like stilts on their front legs so their legs are long Mm -hmm. and lanky and not not proportioned right it's genius also oh i'm nerding out over here but also so the <laughs> so the Striga is again we kind of we talked about the story in the first part but it's a 14-year-old yeah. girl who was cursed but they do do a little bit of a comparison here they slightly change it where Anna the mother dies never actually gave birth to the baby yeah. so they thought the baby was dead but then the baby kept growing yeah. and was actually cursed in the womb and bursts out of a dead mother's it's body so, and I'm like holy it's so shit. metal it's so metal <laughs> yeah and so that with that kind of twist of the story the the Striga still has the freaking umbilical cord yeah, attached, yeah. and it's just gross. And I let's love get all let's go let's get all Eldritch Bloodborne up in here. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the oh only my way. God, like I think that's the only way that I could give birth yep. is like I get cursed and I die, and then I'll give birth with the baby, <laughs> and up. then and then alien it yeah, up. It's like, yeah, if I'm dead. Um, and it comes out of a coal. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just so messed up because, like, you don't really realize it until I think I didn't realize that it, the umbilical cord was there uh-huh. until probably the third time around uh-huh. because it's there's, there's so much other things to look at. Mm-hmm. And so you don't it, – and it's like the detail. The detail of that is just killer good. Yeah. And it's – oh, it's creepy as shit. And I loved it. And, and that fight sequence was incredible. And that's a Everything huge thing in incredible. the Witcher series though. And it's, 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 a, it's a fantasy kind of plot that I've always found so, um, so empathetic is humans fucking up or an act so mm-hmm. horrible that something must be created to balance it out. You know, something yeah. just gets born from the pain or something gets born from the betrayal. And it's yeah. I really love that because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. these horrible actions that these people do have consequences and the universe will respond in kind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just kind of jumping around. We're going to do this a lot. Yeah. but Because oh, that's what the story again, does. Going- because that's literally what it does. But yeah, so a lot of the, again, the focal point is Geralt is like the kind of tie-in. But then you the very first, like what, two, three minutes of the series when it first starts mm-hmm. is epic. Yes. So you've got like the, like you're in the forest somewhere. There's like a little pond lake thing. There's a deer that's like, just like, oh, that's so <gasps> yes! sad. I'm so happy. And the monster. And then this crazy ass monster just comes out of the lake and it's, it's Geralt fighting this crazy monster. Is it, is it a Kikimura? His, I forget. I think it might have been it was a Kikimura. A, it was a Kikimura, yes. yeah. And it's just so baller how it starts. I mean, it's just this chaotic You've got to start like, like that. Like, if you're going to be like, <laughs> it's the Witcher, right into monster yeah. hunting. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I didn't know much about it, but the, we're talking literally under the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is amazing. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm, I'm in for the whole season. I don't know yeah, about you guys. this is wild. It's, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, visually stunning. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. And the soundtrack is, oh, my God, so good. I'm such a music nerd, so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. 
and they're all, but yeah, I, I want to talk yeah. about um, oh goodness, I'm her name the the lioness of Sintra, um, Ciri's grandmother. Oh, oh man, God. I gotta remember her name. I gotta remember her name, but. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, this is Siri, yep, Siri's I know grandma, exactly you're Lioness about. of Central, yeah. The two very different, very yeah. um, yeah. love her acting. Like she was such a She's strong amazing. character, and again, a very flawed but empathetic, flawed. beautiful character. And they do the same. They do a good job with Yennefer too, also making her flawed but also very endearing. Yeah. And of course, we have Yeskier. Gotta love Yeskier. He's just best boy, also an idiot. <laughs> I love him. So let's talk about Yeskier for a second. So Yeskier or Dandelion in the books, um, he is a bard yes. who travels around and makes up music and stories for entertainment, and then he somehow falls into the lap of uh, Geralt. And they and it's it's exciting. And then they also just kind of travel for a wee bit. And he starts making him the um like kind of the focal point of his stories. And he becomes famous for those stories. Yeah. And so he kind of amps up what Geralt is doing. And it's so funny because in the show, Geralt just does not want to be associated with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, get away from me. You are so stupid. This is not how any of that went down. You made all that shit yeah. up. And so it's like they have a very weirdly toxic, not toxic relationship. Well, because he he both, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't understand something like, what's his game? Why, why are you hanging out? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to get from right. me? Right. You know, but it's really the deadline's like, but you're just so cool. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to make me so much yeah. money, but you're also kind of yeah, cool. And you'll defend me from all of the many people who want to kick my ass, including you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he slept around a lot. Oh, did he sleep <laughs> around? I think he was royalty. Like, I think Yaskir was originally royalty, changed his name because I think he fucked around with the wrong people. And yeah. Um, yeah. He's just, he's a sweetie. And, and, and throughout the, they did a great job with him in the show too, because in the books too, yeah. he was just, he was an endearing, he's kind of almost the voice of reason sometimes when it counted. Sometimes. Like if Geralt yeah. was getting too, like, he did, but I did mention that Geralt was like funny and, and sweet, but he also did have his angst moments where he's being just kind yeah. of dick. And yes, would be like, okay, the team <laughs> is going to be over here and we're going to make yeah. soup. If you want to have some soup with us, we'll be over meh. Or you can stay over yeah. here and you can brood. Bye. <laughs> I know. I know. I I love the actor they picked for uh, Yesker. So I think it's Joey Beatty is is the character for or is the actor for Yesker. But he just love. He's just he, he's just awesome. He's lovely and he's adorable and funny and dweeby and a very good singer. Turns yeah. out. And so it's there's just so many lovable things about Yesker that I I just how have we not made adorbs. a toss a coin to your Witcher joke yet. <laughs> I know. Fun fact: There's a song called "Toss a Coin to Your Witcher," yep. and it's uh, it's very, very earwormy. Yes. It really gets in there. Um, funnily enough, it sounds like uh, Joey Beatty actually was not a fan of that song, uh-huh. and now it's insanely popular. Yeah. And he's like, "That's unfortunate." Yeah, you're just like, man, I fucking this will never catch on. Everyone loves it. Like, I know. God, no, damn it. it's everywhere. But yeah, yeah, like, it a, is. Everywhere. As an artist, it's kind of like you work really hard on all these different pieces, doesn't get much recognition, and then the one you're like, "Fuck, I'll just do this." gets like so much responses and you're like why look up. at anything else why, why this one why this one yeah. <laughs> look at anything else please yep. <laughs> yeah it's it yeah i mean it's just really they they did a really good job with casting and i think again we kind of i talked about this in the beginning henry cavill i was so blown away with his performance yeah. and then learning after i'd seen the show that he's a really big witcher fan yeah. i was like that makes so much more sense yeah. because he really did a good job. He was job even trying to do like, with the representing voice. it. He was trying to do the, the Witcher voice. He was trying to do yeah. the Geralt voice, and I'm just like, 
Bless you. I love you. Bless you so much. I know. And of course, you know, we've been peppering it in. Motherfucker looks fine. I won't. He looks real nice. I won't spend nice, too folks. much time. I will be respectful. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just 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 a, a great looking human being overall. He's a very good looking gentleman, yes. I will say. And fun fact, uh, he was so ripped that his costume, they had to keep repairing yes. and changing his costume because he was literally bursting out of it. Just I was like, like what? Just like Geralt is would. This? To be honest, though, just like <laughs> Geralt would. Geralt, I told I you. Like, that's obscene. Yeah, just like, I just want to be that, that, that. You see the seamstress just going, you don't fucking move. You don't, you stay, yeah, you just, sit, I, you don't fucking move. I'm not even done with this one yet. <laughs> I was like, maybe don't make it so tight. I don't know. And then they all or maybe you, the directors, the writers, everyone looks and goes, <laughs> Don't make it so tight. No, it, no, we have to. We know, we know how we get our money, man. <laughs> I know it's it's so funny. They, I think one of the funnier scenes is when uh, Geralt meets Yennefer for the first time, and then because Yesker is uh, cursed by the the djinn, uh-huh. and so he has to go find a, a magical remedy for it, and so he gets directed to Yennefer. Yes. And it's like she kind of helps uh, Yesker out, and then. He has to get into new clothes because his clothes, she's like, I burnt them. They were awful. I could smell your horse. And I knew exactly what color and age yes. and type of horse you had because it was so bad. And so he, she makes clothes for him and he's like, they're a bit tight. And she's like, are they though? And he's like, how did you? Oh, because yeah. like she just magicked them. Just went, so he's like, how did you find clothes that fit yeah. me? That's like, oh, I just made them. And I also love magic. Uh, his, his hatred of teleporting too. Just like, no, no. Can we walk? Yeah, because uh, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Your body is probably like freaking the heck it's out. It's probably because like the worst roller coaster it's not while meant- your stomach yeah. is full and stuff like that. In the blink of an yeah. eye. Like, I just can't imagine how gross that would feel. Yeah, because you're like <laughs> passing through shit. You're going through like different depths and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to mention, oh gosh, um, Triss. Loved Triss. Oh, oh my Triss. God. They did such a great yes. job with Triss. and. Her actress was so – Triss is wonderful because she's so friendly and so sweet, but she's mm-hmm. also a little so badass. You know? Badass is right. She is extremely powerful, and we didn't really talk about Triss in the book at yes, all. But, I wanted to mention that because um, she's just – she's she kind of calls people out because it's like she's very sweet, and but she doesn't mm-hmm. let people think that that means, means she's weak. She's like, look, I'm nice. Right. But I don't – because I remember in the books – and I hate to go draw back, but the witchers, oh, the yeah, witchers are just sitting around. And the one thing that pisses me off about witchers is that they're kind of fence sitters. It's like we don't engage yeah. in politics because we're not supposed to. And and she's like, that's really, really comfortable for you, isn't it? And then she like pulls yeah, down her shirt and she's got not this care. fucking gnarly scholar on her collarbone. She's like, I can't wear open colored shirts anymore because I've got my chest blown yeah. open during a war. You know, but you yeah. guys can sit here angsty and you're fucking dust hang out dusty castle fighting <laughs> monsters just saying i don't want to pick a side but you know what eventually a side you get you choose one you have to it happens yeah, yeah. and and yeah. Geralt realizes that character. too but she's just a lover and you know she's got big hard eyes for Geralt, of course um i know and uh know. and yennefer's like mm, i see it i know why because all the witches are like flirty with each other and stuff like that and i'm yeah. sorry if i was a sorceress and i had like a little sisterhood of sorceresses i'd be like hey yeah. want to be naked Tap in the it. little little <laughs> under the moonlight <laughs> Woo! yeah no it's it's yeah and they they really focus on in the show on when you become a witch or a uh or a wizard that the kind of benefit 
to so you you again you lose your reproductive organs mm-hmm. so you're not able to procreate so you become sterile but with that um because it's such a potent magic that actually gives them the ability to literally reconfigure what they look uh-huh. like so everybody in the kind of wizard and witch realm are just stunning yeah. they're drop dead gorgeous because they have literally modified themselves they never they barely age yeah. it takes them a very long time and they can pick how they want to look and they just stay that way forever Let's see it's if i were awesome. if i were a sorceress <laughs> i'd want to look just fucking sick you know it's like free, free is everywhere i want to gut like i want talons i want horns i want to look just just she, she's here she's here you can't not see her she's right there. yeah yeah in that setting though i feel like that would be very dangerous because yes. people are like real like touchy about monsters they're gun-ho so about like that's a monster okay you gotta look pretty kill it <laughs> yeah yeah so it it is fascinating that they have this element of like you live basically forever you can look exactly how you want to look and you can look perfect Mm -hmm. and you are like flawless. And they really played it up quite a bit with Yennefer because when you see her, her kind of origin story, Mm -hmm. when she is, it's really a tragic story because she is, um, she has some sort of kind of like skeletal issues and she's deformed. She has a a shoulder deformity. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of hunchbacked and has some jaw deformity. So it's kind of off centered and she just looks pretty rough and is also treated very poorly by her, her father. And so she's, you know, just in kind of a rough spot when they find her. I mean, and her father and she sold her. Sold. Yeah, her father sold her off. He didn't care if yeah. she lived or died. Like, if they literally used her organs for a potion or something like that, he wouldn't fucking care. At least he got some money from her. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets sold for, like, five pennies or something horrible. Like, less than what he would have sold a pig. Yeah. Like, they actually show that he's a pig farmer mm-hmm. and he was going to sell a pig to... Um, to the witch i'm totally spacing on her name um Tosidi and then Reeves or she, something like that to Reeves. yeah like that. yeah <laughs> i think it is to say yeah. but uh yeah so like she is worth less than pigs to her father yeah. which is like really rough and so you see her kind of origin of start where she's in a very bad spot physically visibly looks kind of rough around the edges compared to quote-unquote society norms yeah. Um, and so I can see where this transformation where she would want to look anything but like yeah. that because that's been a huge stigma in her her life. Um, and then, you know, you kind of find out later that she has el- elven blood mm-hmm. in her. Her father was, I think, a quarter elf yeah. or she's a quarter elf. I can't that remember. That almost sounds like, you know, when people are like claiming like indigenous, like it's like kind I'm one sixteenth Cherokee. It's like yeah mm-hmm. okay okay uh yeah but in this case it actually does make yeah, a difference because, because she magic. has magical properties yes. and eld elven blood is actually quite strong and i think one of my favorite features about her that they did keep throughout the book and the series is that her eyes are like a purple yes. color they're like a lavender and a lilac and, and it's gooseberries. Aw- <laughs> yes and her perfume is lilac and gooseberries and i love it and they did keep that in the in the show from the book too which i love but yeah it's it's a really very cool character design and um Anya uh, Chalatra who plays Yennefer is just oh I love her so much mm-hmm. I just cannot gush about her enough and also I just love that they picked a person of color for her mm-hmm. and not some white chick because that's what I was expecting yeah. 
And I love that they And I love that people somebody. get pissed about that. It's like, what do you think? Medieval times, just everyone's fucking white? It's like, no, it's a fantasy <laughs> story. There are, there yeah. are yeah. changelings and dragons. Why the hell can't a witch be a person of color? You know, so it's yeah. just like. I love that they yeah, did stay that. stay mad. But she's. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, all the other main characters are all white, mm-hmm. which is like, mm, okay. Yeah. But she isn't, and I, I I, have a little bit of a gripe with that because, like, I'm I'm glad they picked somebody of color mm-hmm. because we don't have enough representation. We need more yeah. of that. And also, she's a badass character, so yes, yes, yes. But then on the flip side, I worry that they picked her because it's, like, an exotic look, and they kind of, like – kind of tokenized it a little bit because she is really one of the few people who is a person of color who is the main like gang Mm -hmm. so it's like i hope that's not what they were going for but at the same time i can kind of see the rationale around that which i do not agree i I could see i I could (laughs) see that if that was the rationale if it was actually written in the script or or if we saw literally no other sorceresses looking like that but many of the sorceresses are also i mean for instance you know um tris is also a person that's of color. Tris is and, also uh, a person Viggle of color. Yeah, motherfucking Vigglefort. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's so beat you with a freaking stick and yeah. whoop your ass, Vigglefort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are people of color. It's just unfortunate that I'm. I'm hoping that was not intentional. Yeah. I don't actually know, but I. I like to headcanon it that it wasn't. You kind of hope. You kind of um, hope that it's like. I hope so. Let's really hope that you yeah. guys just. Thought, saw her and went, that is Yen. As a good yeah, actor, and that was where it stopped. Yeah. And she is amazing at it. Like, the, the her being a person of color had nothing to do with the fact that she was amazing she was Yen. as the character. She's just Yen, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, just her, oh, so all of their good. performances, like, I literally cried when she had that moment where, like, with the mirror and stuff like that, because it's just... She's oh, she was yeah. at the very bottom and she felt completely worthless. And I got so mad with how they were treating her. It's like, do you want her to just off herself it's like be a little more gentle yeah. with her yeah and uh then yeah. she's like good friends with her teacher and it's like good for you you mocked her when she was suicidal and 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 crippled now you're besties now you're besties <laughs> yeah she used to call me piggy you know back when i would live in the pigsty because my father hated me piglet <laughs> Fuck yeah that little bitch. piglet yeah. Uh, yeah, Tough Love is an interesting format. Um, it was a little more tough than love in a lot of ways, which I'm not really a fan of, but there you yeah. go. Uh, and I'm, try- I'm trying to remember because I've watched season two and season one and they kind of bleed together in my mm-hmm. mind. Where does season yeah. one end again? I'm kind of for- spacing out on that. S- yeah, so season one ends where Geralt and Siri finally meet. Okay. And it ends with like... I, I actually want to talk yes. about that. So the, the whole season is Geralt. You, you start to learn about Geralt's story. You learn about Yennefer and you learn about Ciri. And then you start to kind of learn why are these three people important and how do they mesh? Mm-hmm. And so Geralt's character, he saves a man's life. At, yes, um, yes. And yeah, so he saves a man's life and then the man owes him a debt. And so they have a debt in their world that's called Child of Surprise. Yes. And so basically he promises something that he does not currently have but may eventually have. Mm-hmm. And so he promises that whatever – when he ever he has a child, Geralt would get possession of his child as gratitude. Yeah. That used which to be – Which is kind of a crazy messed up that, thing. I mean, that but, used to be how they recruited witchers, you know? That's like – Yeah, exactly. How else are we going to be – are going to walk in the middle of a town and be like, which of your kids No one's going to give them up. Die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he gets – offered a child of surprise and then ha fun it's fact Siri. the 
it ends up being Siri. And so she was actually the guy who gave twice because she was actually yeah. promised to him from um, uh, Dunny Dooney, her her dad, who was Dunny, who yeah, was cursed, who is a big hot shot now, anyway, and and, and later, but yeah. uh, we won't. We won't, we won't spoil that. We, we won't, won't get spoil into that. that yet. <laughs> I know who he is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he gets promised a child of surprise, ends up being Siri. And so he didn't really want that. Mm-hmm. And so he runs away from it her whole life. So she grows up still with her family, not realizing that she is actually promised to somebody else, but he was shirking his duties as basically her child surprise holder, yeah. <laughs> if you will. And so he finally, like, he's... And and they have a lot of, um like, turmoil around destiny yes. and fate, and, like, a lot of that is intertwined into the show, especially. And so he's running away from his destiny, and that's a big deal, because if you run away from destiny, the universe is going to try to balance that out and shit gets bad Mm -hmm. because you're you're upsetting the balance and so stuff starts to get very very bad very quickly because he keeps avoiding this thing that is apparently a very big destiny curveball and so he finally eventually comes to his senses and starts looking for her but she has since been you know they somebody's trying to kidnap her and she's running away and so they're just kind of constantly looking for each other and she's told by her grandmother to find Geralt's she has no idea what he looks like. They have never met. And so it's like this kind of weird run to the finish. And so the very, very end of the season is they just like spidey senses are tingling and they find each other. And it's such an epic, epic way to end the season. I loved how they did well, that. Well, I mean, he gets, she gets promised so to good. him again. Like he, he does the mm-hmm. law of surprise again because he mm-hmm. saves another person from a uh, neck, uh, the little uh, zombie people, little zombie things. And, oh, yeah, the ghoul yeah, things. And then the little, and yeah. the little man's like, I'll repay you and stuff like that. And then we come back and it's Siri. I'm like, so twice. Destiny's like, you don't cash. Destiny's you don't cash take in. your child. You don't cash in. This law of surprise. I'm all losing. Yeah. So he yeah. finally does yeah. it. He finally is like, you know what? I'll, I'll take her. We're doing it. Yeah, and I just, I love that scene because they, so Geralt almost dies from being bitten by, I think it's a ghoul or something, so it's it, it would kill a human immediately, but he's like tripping yeah, balls because mama, it's, it's, so he, you know, haven't. yeah, that was a rough scene. And then Siri was found by a woman in a town and she gets sheltered for a little bit, but then Siri's like, I gotta peace out. So she runs away and then as she's running yeah. away, this guy is pulling up with Geralt because he it's his farm that she miraculously showed timing, up to. You know, it's like he's finally oh, cashing so in good. his child's surprise. She's running off and, yeah. and they are finally together and it's and it's perfect and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because what I thought they were going to do is like she's running into the woods away from the house and then they roll up to the house. I was like, are you freaking serious right now? They're so close. So I'm thinking that they're going to end it where they don't actually meet. But then it's like destiny's pulling them closer together so Geralt like gets out of the wagon he's like something feels off like I feel like something should be here and so he starts walking into the woods and then he kind of comes up over a hill and she is full force running towards him yes I remember that and that is such an epic scene and the music is wonderful and it's beautiful and they have like this great embrace and he's like I guess we found each other cool this is great they'd never met each other before so they just knew they were such big parts of each other's lives without really even spending too much time around each other and that's even how it is throughout the books where it's like they really Mm -hmm. have only spent 
between his life and her life a pretty minuscule amount of time few years and it's yeah and they just they just really bond um i think the oh my only yeah. gripe with the show is what they did with kair mm-hmm. uh yeah oh, the nilf guardian yeah. who's not a nilf guardian and um yeah and it's like, i don't know why they done him so dirty because he really wasn't a yeah. sniveling little jerk he he was actually kind of like you know a, a little bumbling soldier who was just trying to like i don't know if i'm helping Nilfgaard. maybe i am helping Nilfgaard. no i don't really want to i'm actually kind yeah. of in love with siri you know and so that's how he was in the book and i'm seeing him be like this also i, I gotta say i hated the Nilfgaardian armor in the first season oh you and everyone it, else it, it nobody like, liked it, it. Looked, yeah, nobody it liked like it penis skin um <laughs> it's like a little veiny and weird i'm just like why it was an interesting choice. Uh, yeah, they, they retconned that real yeah. fast in season yeah. two. <laughs> and it's like, how about we don't make the armor look like that? Yeah, let's not make it look like a but, I mean, I'm sure that they've got uh, yeah. I'm sure that they've got an idea. There's a reason that they chose to write him that way. And I trust them because in so many other ways, they kept so so um, loyal to the source material. And I'm just like, why are you doing this with Kahir? I'm like, why? Because he... Mm-hmm. he I mean, he almost dies numerous, numerous times. I mean, poor yeah. boys just gets beaten the shit out of all the time. I just he just he was never an evil guy. He was always just kind of definitely like like a Nelf Guardian soldier. Not great, mm-hmm. but not that. So I was kind of curious why they did that. Yeah, I think in the the show, I thought it was very kind of creepy, cool mm-hmm. that so Nilfgaard is a is one of the kingdoms that has been kind of done wrong and done dirty mm. for many, many years. And then they have a really horrible king who then gets usurped mm-hmm. by kind of a militia state. And then that goes to shit. And then they are then freed by their new mm-hmm. king. And so with that comes a new order, essentially. It's like very Star Wars, a new order. Yeah. And it turns into almost this kind of zealotry, like religious uprising. Uh-huh. And they start going towards, I think it's, are they, did they say the white light or, uh, oh, what do they call it? It's not the white light, is it? Or the white. I, I, I forget at this point. Oh, I totally forget what it's called. But yeah, so they, it's like this religious based kind of cult vibe coming mm-hmm. on from Nilfgaard where they have to cleanse yeah. the rest of the world to basically assimilate or die. Yeah. And so it's like a very crusade vibe. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, though, very like every, and they even do this in the show, like no kingdom is free of this. You know, there is no good oh, yeah. kingdom in this entire land. Yeah. Like they are, they have all messed up. They have all committed genocide at one time and another, not to belittle any of those yeah. horrible things. But, you know, Nilfgaard is kind of cast in this horrible light, but it's like, it's just another kingdom. It's just the kingdom with the most powerful power right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And the big factor for Nilfgaard that kind of puts them on the map again is they start to, um, they start to steal witches and wizards mm-hmm. and basically brainwash mm-hmm. them to fight on their side mm-hmm. which again is just a crazy concept to think that and and in the show they they talk a lot more about like dark magic or black mm-hmm. magic kind of or f- with forbidden yeah. magic really and so f- apparently flame or fire magic is a forbidden art yeah. which i thought was very interesting and that's not usual which i really liked but then they also talk about like necromancy yeah. and like all these other things which that kind of follows similar trends of like necromancy's the death stuff yeah. you know but the fire magic i thought was interesting that that is like a forbidden yeah. thing that it's unpredictable 
unpredictable. It's it, what they call chaos is is what magic is kind of built off of is is the idea of of, of chaos. And so fire is, magic is just too much chaos. You can't control it. And it's oh, it's just very cool layering that they. Added. I even think certain types of healing magic were labeled as forbidden. I forget which ones, but there was, I remember there was one that was brought up in the books that I'm like, why would that be forbidden? But I guess it's all about just like going against nature. Like they're using magic. Right, the natural order. You're not supposed to go Mm -hmm. against the flow because that will disrupt, you know, things and stuff like that. And on the one hand, I'm like, fuck the establishment. And on the other hand, I'm just like, (laughs) on the other hand, I'm like, but nature's really cool. So I wouldn't want to make, I wouldn't want to spit in Mother Nature's face. So I'll do the good magic for Mother Nature. Yeah. But not for you, Dusty Bags. Yeah, not for for you. Yeah, and it, it is interesting to see that Nilfgaard had the the strongest watching or following with their witches and wizards that they were literally giving up their lives to use their body yeah. as like a conduit for their magic. So it literally would run them dry yeah. to perform something because it was what they were calling forbidden yeah. magic or it was enough power that it would just they had to supply it mm-hmm. with something and it was literally their life force I mean, that was going back to it. your full metal alchemist um reference, yeah. it's like it's equivalent yeah. exchange. Like you want a big yep. fireball, you exactly. better give that matter back. You better your transfer body that matter. Burns. Where are you getting it from? Yep. <laughs> it's exactly. It was just so creepy cool to see that kind of element added mm-hmm. in. And then um, again, kind of going off of the same kind of thought process is the the final battle that you see where Yennefer and all mm-hmm. of her people from. That's the big that, battle, like, man. Final, I remember when they yeah, were mentioning the, the names battle. and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is the battle of Baden Hill. Like, this is the battle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty badass, and there's a lot of elements to it. You get to finally see a lot of different styles of magic that all the witches and wizards can do. So um, Tess is a very kind of organically biological kind of plant matter mm-hmm. magic that she does, and so she has this crazy scene where she sticks her hands in the dirt, and then it starts to grow all of these toxic mushrooms and just starts to asphyxiate all the soldiers coming in. Like, there's crazy yeah. stuff that they do, and visually it is stunning yeah. and terrifying and very very cool um but yeah it's it's just really really cool how they executed all of the visuals because i feel like some of the visuals were definitely described in the book but they took some artistic liberties in the show that i think really did it justice yeah i mean it was Um, was like it was everything i hoped it would be because i mean i was amped up Mm -hmm. for it and it was just such a strong first season and again you know we've said this over and over but there's just if there wasn't as much love, it wouldn't have been so good. Like if if the people, totally. if the people involved in it, the actors, the special effects artists, the writers, if they were not so passionate about the project, it wouldn't be as good. Because I mean, look in mm-hmm. your way, Disney. If it's loveless, it's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's just so many elements to it that you can see that it was really kind of a love passion project in a lot of ways and obviously Henry Cavill was the more kind of prominent feature of that because he's the main character he was very vocal about it Um, and it was kind of tragic that they he had some artistic differences with the producers and they ended up recasting him and now I believe it's um Oh, it's one of Scars the... Scarsguards uh, or something like that? No, it's not a Scarsguard. It's a... Uh, it's not a Scarsguard. It's, it's one of the... Um, it's not a Scarsguard. Oh, no. But I know him. I, I know oh. of him. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is gonna... It's Liam. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Like, there it is. Yeah, not Scarsworth. Like Hems- it's Thor's brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember seeing that and Liam being like, Hemsworth, mm. yeah. But what oh, makes me sad, and yeah. this might just be—I I can't cite my sources. You know, just people talking in discords and stuff like that. I had heard it was because he wanted the story to stay true to the book, and they're starting yes. to diverge from the book. And they said no, and they didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. The book is amazing. That's really tragic. It's where you got your source from. And the reason The Witcher 3, the game was so beloved and the story was so rich and won so many awards is because it stayed so true to the source material. Yeah. You know, it's... it's I know. That was tragic that that was their rationale was like, oh, well, you're you're an advocate for keeping to the books and we don't want to do that. And so they just kind of clashed. Yeah. And Henry Cavill's like, yeah, this isn't working. And they're like, no, it's not. So then they recast. I mean, like, come on, guys. Know, I, I, I don't... I don't think that Liam Hensworth is a bad guy. I don't think anyone else who loves that project is a bad person. But I just went, well, I won't be watching any more of that. I want to, but I'm going in with very low expectations because it is going to be different. They're completely different people. Like, it's going to be different. And I want to give it to the benefit of the doubt that maybe it will be good in a different way. I'm trying to, like, keep an open mind. But it's like knowing kind of the backstory of why Henry Cavill didn't continue on to season four is like oh guys come on you had something yeah, so good why do you think and you, i don't know why you would yeah, sabotage why do you that think people loved his performance so much it's, yeah it was genuine it just it makes me sad because it's like it's not even like i'm saying i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna watch it anymore because it's just one yeah, person yeah. i like isn't there anymore i mean look at bailey bass no like being no longer being i, I mean i'll miss know. her beautiful face but i'm still gonna watch it but here's the thing it's like <laughs> if they're diverging from the books so much so that he had to make that much of a stand. I'm like, what are you fuckers going to do? What are you what doing? What are you doing yeah, that exactly. would make him, my good boy, who really loves the books I that know. much, say, you can't do this or I'm out. And they went, then leave. You know? Then bye. It's like, what yeah. was worth losing such a passion? Apparently, they like even made fun of him. They're like, he was so into it. It's like, I would, why? Yeah, because he's adorably nerdy. What's wrong it's with like, that? I'm sorry. I'm just taking down, taking off the 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 gog, you know, heart shaped glasses. That you know, I'm not even yeah. saying this as someone who would literally suck the fart out of his car seat, you know. But it's like I'm saying this as someone who's like, this is a person. <laughs> this is a person. Sorry, that got me. <laughs> I was trying to decide. What a great yeah, I was statement! Trying to decide between that statement. and uh, drink his bath water, but um, but anyway. Oh Lord, what an image that conjures on both sides. Anyway, but, continue. <laughs> you just see like him getting out, and me get my little straw and go pink. Oh my God! But um, no, we're crazy okay. here, y'all. Yeah, it's fine. No, but with that said, looking at him purely as a professional, it's like why would you not want your main star to be? So, so attached to the story because you get such killer performances with that. And they don't, they don't, I heard a similar thing happened. We're jumping all over the place with this. I'm so sorry. I heard a similar thing happened and I don't like the show with Wednesday. I heard that, that she, the main character, I don't know her name right now, um, but that she had fights with the directors going, no, I don't think this character would do that. And they wanted her to do it. And it's like, stop, (laughs) let the passionate people because normally those are the like express themselves <laughs> unless they're literally being like divas and like being rude to people and stuff like that then of course mm-hmm. you know put them in their place but if it's literally going like hey i love this story and i love this project and i know why the nerds who watch this watch this what they'll resonate yeah. with yeah, yeah so totally. i guess I that's what disturbs me is like what is it 
that Henry Cavell could not abide coming. that yeah. just made that happen. But with that said, yeah. there's a lot of really wonderful, amazing, creative people who are still attached to that project. So I don't want to run their names yeah. through the mud because they probably are still very passionate about it. And I'm sure he wouldn't want to oh, leave totally. going, say, don't watch The Witcher anymore because he still loves the story. Right. It's like, no, so support yeah. it. It's just unfortunate that they couldn't see eye to eye because it, I, I, from a, a audience perspective, I feel like they had a really good thing yeah. going. So it's unfortunate that I'm, I'm hoping that they can keep that going with Mr. Liam Hemsworth. But we shall see. I mean, it would be like if suddenly uh, Roland yeah. Jones is like, "Bye, Sam Reed." I'd, I'd be like, "Yeah, you found <laughs> oh, you no. found you found the stat, and you just went, don't yeah, do this, don't do it. You'll never find don't, another one. Don't you do- will never find a pod he, person. He is Lestat. Yeah, you'll never find a pod person <laughs> who is literally Lestat ever again." <laughs> And I almost feel that that's what it was with Henry Cavell yeah. uh, or Cav- uh-huh. Cavill, whoever. I, I would, yeah. I'm trying to pronounce all three different ways, but I feel like yeah. that's what they had with him. Like he wanted to be Geralt. Like he he really was that character. And they're just being mm-hmm. like, do you want someone who will just read lines, or do you want someone who will really embody that character? And so just yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was a great season. I enjoyed it. The music's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. The acting's amazing. Oh my god. And, the costuming was yes. amazing, minus maybe a little bit of yeah. Nilfgaard. But yeah, <laughs> except for that, we don't we'll talk about Nilfgaard. Blow over that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just stunning work. And I know that, um, I think it's like episode, God, it's like episode, end of episode one or maybe even beginning of two mm-hmm. is that the battle where Ciri's grandmother, um, like Nilfgaard comes to their door. And it's like, I'm just thinking of the budget because uh, you talk big mm-hmm. budget. Anything with like full fight scenes, whether it's present day, high mm-hmm. fantasy, whatever, fight scenes and war scenes uh-huh. are just insanely uh-huh. expensive to mm-hmm. shoot on so many levels. And it was a long sequence yeah. and it was in depth. And I'm like, damn, their budget must mm-hmm. be nuts. You got to have the props. <laughs> you got to have the special effects. Yeah. You got to have all the people in yeah. costume. All the costumes look good. Yeah. Everything time. There's horses. There's and I horses mean, there's, or horses. Yeah, they'll, they'll just be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's a lot of training of stunts people, costuming, horse stuntsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just a, a logistics nightmare, and it's expensive. And so I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they started strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we I I am gushing about the show because I have definitely seen it more. But do we want to like transition a little bit into the comparison? Because yes. I feel like there's some parts that are really, really true and other parts where they kind of went a little more loosey-goosey, but I'm curious of your thoughts on like how, because it seems like you're much more of an avid book fan to start. So what were your thoughts on the kind of comparing Um, the two? I really, I came in a little bit hesitant because, you know, any kind Mm -hmm. of adaptation, you run the, you run the court, like like the chance of it being just this is the story, but just, Sad. you know, these are the characters. <laughs> yeah, these are there. the character names. But they really, at least for the first season, because we're just talking about the first season, it was, mm-hmm. they, there was so much love and there were so many nods to the source material and even some nods to the games. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and totally. um, I feel that there was a lot of love and I feel that the adaptation was very, very uh, true and very respectful and really used it in a instead of just being like we're going to do our version it was just like a translation and I yeah. feel they did they just in all aspects they were trying to pay homage to the source material except for some very small little plot ch- um, changes like for instance Kair I mentioned 
Um, mm-hmm. But most other things were were fairly close to the source material, and and that's why season one was so good. Because I would like I'd I go through and go, oh my gosh, it's this story. Oh, this is about to happen, and and that's what makes yeah. it so, what makes it so fun is you get to see what this director or what this um, production's idea in their head. Because when we ever we read a story. You right. and I, we could read a story with a silver-haired witch, and we are picturing two completely different silver-haired witches. Oh, totally. And so yeah. it's very interesting to see these people's culmination of what they saw when they read that. So totally. It's, I think it was beautiful. I, while I am a source girl, I, I did enjoy that mm-hmm. show very much. Yeah. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of things about the book that it is hard to encompass that in a show because it's an aesthetic that only books can give versus an aesthetic that a show can only give. Like there's going to be elements of that that is really hard to translate or to capture in its true form in one way or the other. But given what they had to work with, the the content was so rich and so good and so healthy to work with that the show and they actually, for the most part, stayed pretty true to it. And I, and it showed and it was, beautifully executed i really enjoyed i didn't realize how close it was obviously until i yeah. went back and like read the books so i was like damn this is like almost verbatim mm-hmm. in some places like they did a good mm, job they did. especially that striga yes. story um because that is like the first story in the last wish mm-hmm. book that you read is the striga story and it's only i think it's like episode three or four in the season mm-hmm. so they jumped around a little bit with the timeline but I did actually want to talk about that Striga story. I feel like we've been talking about the Striga a lot, but it is a really solid story. I think it's literally the one that's titled The Witcher. I think it was his first little... His very first short story. Um, but I did want to talk about that. I thought it was uh, slight differences from the show versus the mm-hmm. book was the representation of... Um, What's his face? The the king. Full test. Full test. Thank you. I was like. I've been mispronouncing so many names. We we're just we're calling it a wash. Okay, you know this story. Just full disclosure, everyone. You know what are we? Two hours in. This story is full of so many beautiful, rich, very very complex names that. Yeah, we might mess up one or two from here. <laughs> oh, most likely. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not an ex- expert on Polish names. Anyway, so uh, Fultest, uh, Fultest is in the book. I feel like they. So first off, they described him as being like really skinny, mm-hmm. really meek, very whiny, yeah. and in the they in the show, bigger. he is big. He is very heavy set. He is older. He is very run mm-hmm. down, and kind of shut off in the mm-hmm. show. And then once the Witcher kind of comes into the mix and starts like saying, dude, listen. So you fucked your sister. <laughs> and kind of come to Jesus moment. <laughs> yeah. You fucked your sister. Let's talk about that for a hot second. Um, so like very different representation. And I actually thought that they humanized him mm-hmm. more in the show. And he, they actually go into more of like, my sister and I, we tried to fight it. We, we knew that there was a stigma around this. We knew that this was not going to be accepted by anybody, especially in our family. Mm-hmm. But we just we, we couldn't help it. And so it was a really interesting way to represent that kind of dynamic yeah. because there is a humongous stigma on that for many, many yeah. reasons. Society versus like g- like genes and like, you know, lots of different things about yeah, that. That's morality. not really and, PC. The yeah. morality of and it, yeah. I, I, I have a... I have a gray kind of opinion on humanizing individuals like Fultest because on yeah. the one hand, it's like, fuck that guy, 
But but here's yeah. the thing. Fucked up, incestuous, nasty people can seem very approachable and very empathetic. And and that's yeah. that is a real thing. Like when we picture like monsters, we picture like people who eat other people, people who do just unspeakable yeah. things. Murder. We're like, oh yeah. man. But some of them are freaking charming. Some of them are they're they're sociopaths. They're they're very good. Or they're yep. narcissists. They're very, very good at wearing the mask they need to wear to win this situation or charm what they need to or get get their goal done. So I, I kind mm. of at first when I saw them making him a little more like it's like, dude, you fucked your sister and you let the baby be dead. You know, you maybe didn't know the baby was alive, but, but, but still you figured it out and you yeah, did nothing. exactly. And, yeah. um, but yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it's more, I don't want to say brave, but it is more complicated and purposeful and rich for a story to have more human flawed characters, yeah. even deeply flawed yeah. characters, um, so yeah. I, I, I appreciate what they did with that, with that change. Um, and then there was the change. Yeah, cause I, cause I, no, go ahead. Oh, I was yeah. just gonna say, and then Make there was part. the change, obviously, with the scene we mentioned with Yennefer, uh, at the, with the golden dragon story. Yeah. Yeah. So just really quickly on yes, the streak yes, story, the I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's not like, I don't condone that there was probably potentially like mental manipulation and maybe some coercion happening. Who knows? The the sister is dead, so we will yes. never know if that was actually a consensual relationship. But the way that the show kind of portrayed it made it seem like they truly were a consensual relationship, albeit a very untraditional yeah. one. Um, but it was an interesting play on that. And they also have like, because you're seeing the kind of the first perspective that you're seeing of that in the show of like what's happening in the storyline is you start to find out that y- you realize that Geralt figures out that he's like, okay, so you had sex with your sister and produced this gross. So then he calls him out on it. And then a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's awful. Gross. Kill them all. Like they, they have a very like dramatic experience of it, which mm-hmm. is fair. But then when you start to actually talk to him, then you start to realize, oh yeah, this was, there was, this is not a black yeah. and white thing. Like this is a very gray area and he knew it was wrong, she knew it was mm-hmm. wrong and and yet it still came out that mm-hmm. way. It's like cuz life is complicated. And then you have a uh, like not to like excuse yeah. it, but it's complicated. And then you have Orset or 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 Orstris, I'm trying to pronounce his name per- um, correctly, the lord. Didn't oh, he have a thing yeah. for Foltest's sister yes. too? Yes. So that's yeah, that was another difference actually. Great point. Um he was the guy that originally hired mm-hmm. Geralt to to kill the Striga. And then it turns out this dude was jealous that Anna was banging his her brother instead of mm-hmm. him. And so then he put the yeah. curse on her to punish Fultis. Why would you do that? So it's like, just co- curse Fultis. Right. So, <laughs> right. So he cursed his one true mm-hmm. love knowing she was pregnant and then that came out of it, and he knew all along what had yeah. happened to punish Foltest. Yeah. So it's like, what? The, what kind of freaking logic but is that? So it's like everybody's messed up. You also lost your love, and and the right. one good thing right. that could have possibly come from this just just calamity of poor decisions was Absolutely. this little girl, and, and he gets she and gutted. she got yeah. the worst of it. I argue. Yes. Absolutely. She had no choice. She was born, literally born into just chaos and no, had nobody mm-hmm. there. And it, I mean, just absolute mess. And also, like, 
it was kind of a, a nice little like whoo like that guy ended yeah. up getting yes. disemboweled by the, and what the, better the, thing, the uh, princess that he yeah, created. Yeah, what better <laughs> thing to kill him? And I think just thinking about it, whenever I talk about the story, it's such a good, um, it's such a good metaphor for children who are products of you know bad households or shit going on drama with adults and it affects children a child will become a monster you know a child will grow up will grow up to become this thing and they'll go what happened to this kid it's like you guys you did yeah you guys (laughs) happened to this this kid and you go why is this kid so out of control why is this kid doing this it's like because yeah. you literally you showed this child that this was acceptable and you let this child not have any kind of um consistency or love or warmth and then of course in this literal mm-hmm. case you know no warmth at all literally born to a dead mother yeah um and i just think it's yeah. such a you know like we said human stories very very human stories mm-hmm. these adults fuck up and it's the child who who reaps the 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 real problems so yeah yeah it's crazy way of looking at it and also i know we wanted to talk about the dragon story but really quickly we this is a whole nother topic that we didn't even really touch on but there's such a huge um like stigma around elven blood and people who are truly elven that we didn't even touch on that there's huge huge discrimination on elven people and it is really cool because they talk about like a lot of the world building. They do talk about it more in season two of the show, but just to touch on it a little bit, they call the convergence where it was basically multiple universes yes. collided mm-hmm. together. And then that's how humans and elves and monsters were all introduced to the same mm-hmm. realm. It was like by this crazy cataclysmic yep. event that they get much further into in season two. But elves were the only type of species on the planet at the time. And then after the convergence, humans came into the mix and monsters came into the mix. Elves tried to help humans adapt. And then humans basically exterminated. Yeah, you're more you were more powerful than us. So we got to kill you. They helped you. As you do. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, like like, what colonizers do. Like they come to a new place. They the people there help them out and then they kill all of them. Just wipe them out. Yep. And that's literally what happened. So there's a huge stigma around elves and they they talk about a lot about that and Geralt the, one of the storylines is one of the king elves that they find up in the mountains mm-hmm. who his people are starving for food and so they're stealing from humans but there's this whole thread of of discussion in the show that it's like you know I understand that people are living on the land that used to be yours and that sucks however if you go head to head with them, you are completely outnumbered. You don't have the resources. Your people are starving and dying of 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 like disease. Mm-hmm. So how about you find somewhere else to go and just start mm-hmm. over? Like there is a there is some merit to just taking control back into your lives for you and your people and starting over somewhere else instead of trying to just fight, fight, mm-hmm. fight, and you're surviving. You're not mm-hmm. living. And so that's a huge line that Geralt tells with talks with the elves and a lot of other people that you come into contact with on his travels. And it is a very interesting storyline to see where he's like, why can't you just Mm -hmm. live? Like you have the opportunity to go elsewhere and live. I understand that you don't want to leave your homeland. And I understand that it shouldn't have been taken from you in the first place, but what you're doing is just suicide. If you stay here and you keep doing this, that's not saving anybody. If you stay this, you'll, you'll die. You'll just be corpses in the ground. And believe me, come go strengthen then come back and kick some ass and then come back yeah and so he's trying to rationalize with them and and you know he's like i had to adapt Mm -hmm. i don't like it either and they hate me anyway 
but I'm still mm-hmm. living and I still get jobs and I'm still able to kind of meld into it. But it's it's a weird look into assimilation yeah. versus surviving versus living versus starting. Like it is very interesting to see that kind yeah. of a description of what assimilation can do in good and mm-hmm. bad ways, especially when a native uh, population is taken over and basically I mean, loss out. of culture, you know, loss of identity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's another cool thing about like this whole story as it is there's so much to unpack and there's so many different issues. Yeah. I mean, if we tried to find all of them, this would be like a five hour podcast, you know? Or, oh, God, or, yeah. I mean, that's shortening <laughs> it considerably. I mean, if we really tried to look yeah. for all of them and we like went further into the actual books, it would just be enormous. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazingly knit, and it's oh, just stellar. But yes, dragons, dragons. dragons. I I I love the way that they did that. Dragons. So you know, social and like loss of culture, and then dragons, and then dragons. dragons. Yes, of course. So okay, what were your thoughts on the visual representation of the dragon in the show? Loved, loved. You did. Okay, tell me why. Because again, it's it draws back to what I said. Because it's like if I said golden dragon. And we both thought about Golden mm-hmm. Dragon. We both have two very different Golden Dragons. So I always go into book yeah. adaptations or adaptations like that going, it's not going to look exactly the same as up here because I have a very different right. style in my head. Everybody's going to have And their I'm own like, version. oh, it's my yeah. baby. Because he's, he's such a good boy. <laughs> he's such a good boy. Like, this is a dragon, you know? And he's got these two big, awesome ladies with him. Because if I were an ancient oh dragon, God, so you know, enjoying awesome. my twilight years, I'd be like... These are my two, my two main bitches. <laughs> we're just, we're just chilling. I'm just a dragon yep. queen. And yep. um, I mean, that's him. Yep. And he's very honest. He's very like, he doesn't have time for bullshit. He also just doesn't have time for violence and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. it was just a very interesting take on the story. Loved it. Loved it him and I, I wish we would have gotten that metal scene but also at the same time like I said glad they didn't do yeah. the stuff that comes up to it because I'm just like you know what I'll take it yeah I I we lose that, I lose that, that. so yeah. I lose this and it's still a pretty badass little fight scene yeah I okay I wasn't crazy about the dragon when I first mm-hmm. watched it I was like it looks like a chicken <laughs> but, but dragons <laughs> and lizards are supposed to be kind of birdie <laughs> This is true, but I, in my head, I was envisioning something. Well, first when they were saying dragon, I hadn't read the books yet, so I didn't know it was going to be a golden dragon. So that was like a very cool aspect Mm -hmm. of it. But when I was first hearing the kind of concept, like, ooh, we're going dragon hunting from the show, I was expecting to see, you know, Game of Thrones dragons. Like really big, bulky, traditional, Western, um, like Western European dragons, right? So that was what I was envisioning originally. And then we come out with this cutesy little chicken <laughs> dragon. <laughs> I could see if, if that is and not I'll... what you anticipated, then you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Is... Like, I was like, why are his legs so knobby? Why, is, why he have not have muscle mass? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, that's, that's so, what kind of dragon yeah. he is. He bird dragon. <laughs> it was it was very bird, very lizardy like. And so I was like, that's not Okay. That's I'm like that's you have this insanely high budget and that's what you produced. Okay. But then the more I've watched it, it's it's grown <laughs> on me, I will say. It's not my favorite representation, but it's not yes. the worst. We'll put it that way. But the character himself 
in the book, I love how they described him in the book. And he's got his two kind of muscle gals that travel around with him as his bodyguards. And um, he's just a very colorful mm-hmm. character. They don't make him seem as old in mm-hmm. the book as yeah, they do in the show. Yeah, he was supposed to be. I mean, I, I imagine him, or at least I remember the description being just kind of like middle-aged, you know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like 30s, yeah. 40s is kind of what I envisioned mm-hmm. him in the books. But he's definitely like 60, mm-hmm. 70, p- potentially, I mean, He's a dragon, so age is kind of yeah. irrelevant technically, but visually from it, he he actually has a human form and the dragon mm-hmm. form, and that's true in both versions. Yeah. But the human form in the show, he looks much more elderly. And so they kind of play it off that when you first meet him, he's a human and he's like, you know, I have done all these crazy adventures in my life and I'm I'm here for one more crazy mm-hmm. ride. So he's like, I want to go find a dragon. That's my final hurrah to mm-hmm. the world. And in reality, he himself is a dragon, and unfortunately, his wifey yeah. poo died protecting her yeah. egg. But it, I really like the actor they picked. He did for a great him. job. Like, it was a really nice touch. He was very wise, very gentle, very intelligent, and just sharp and powerful, and just like a really nice If presence. a dragon was a and person, then, he did it. And did you notice with the costume he, that he has yeah. like gold? Yeah, I was yes. about to say, there are nods to it on his. It was like scaly. Yeah, so he has like. It looks like kind of leather armor with a little bit of plating, but it looks very mm-hmm. scale, like dragon mm-hmm. scaly. And they, they they did a really good job of aesthetically tying his human version to his dragon version. And so, you know, obviously when you first watch the show, you're not aware mm-hmm. that he's a dragon. But then going back again, it's like this is the, the little nuggets that yes, keep Unless you're up. me and that scene starts up. Unless like, you know. Oh, it's a cool dragon. That's like, him. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if you've never read the books and never played the games and you have yes, zero you context, going back, it's really yes. exciting to see like, oh my god, I didn't even catch that mm-hmm. last time. So it's it there's a lot of that in the show. And again, they they kept really mm-hmm. closely with the book. I mean, it's it was such yeah, a little adventure stunning. and it's you stunning. really just you were there for the ride and it was such just a so- each of the little short stories are just such a solid little a little snack, like a little meal, like you get everything you need from yep. it. Yeah, I will say one of the more tragic scenes is, again, in the dragon sequence in the show, is when, um, you know, Yennefer is there and they're fighting and they're awesome and they're like, yeah, this is great work, great duo. And then it turns out, whoopsie boo, she finds out that um, he actually wished for the djinn to keep them closer together. And so she's like, cool, cool, cool. So everything was a lie. I'm upset at you. Um, A little bit different that they did. She already knew when they were going into the dragon story in the Mm -hmm. book. And so she hadn't talked to him in years because she's like, I hate you, yeah. go away. But in the in the show, she finds yeah. out afterwards, which I think was like way more punch in the gut because they're like, yeah, we did it. We did the thing. And then she's like, ah, I'm so glad to be with you. And then yeah. penny drop. So that's a tragic scene for multiple reasons. And then I think the saddest scene is when Yesker. Yeah. So when Geralt is all like butthurt mm-hmm. because Yennefer is like, you suck. I'm leaving your ass. And then he's like, boohoo on me. And then Yesker's like, Hey, buddy, how's it going? And then Geralt just snaps on him. Yeah, that's such a tragic scene because it's like, dude, you're alienating the one person who wants to be with you right now. And I'm sorry, (laughs) but I mean, Yaskier's great company. He's great company. He's adorable. At at worst, he's annoying but entertaining. And at best, he's a really, he's a solid friend. And when he's just like, let's just just go, go somewhere. 
Yeah, we'll just go have our yeah. another adventure somewhere else. And he's like, you suck. I hate you. Go away. And it's like, what why are you repeating what the voice is saying in my head? I, I know. I know. He's just such a curmudgeon. And it's like, dude, he's trying to be a friend to you right now. And you're being an absolute and asshole. And then we get the breakup like, song. And then you get the breakup song in yeah. season two. We get the breakup song. I'm just like, oh, he's so hurt. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's there's a lot of really, really good, just character developments and breakdowns and and reconstructions. I mean, it's it's really just stellar. I mean, everything across the board. I there's very few things that I could pick out that mm-hmm. I did not like. They they did uh, Yaskier and uh, Yennefer's back and forth, like their kind of uh, repartee. Oh God, they did it really well because yes. Amazing. They're kind of like a little jealous, you know, but they're also good friends. You know, they're like, this is okay. This yeah. is my friend. She's like, well, I fucking banged him. He's like, all right. <laughs> so is everybody. All right. But I wrote a <laughs> yeah. song about like, it. Did you make him famous? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. I didn't think so. Yeah. It's their banter is hilarious because he's, it's like, again, the dragon story when they're first being asked to join the party to go and do the dragon quest. Geralt's like hell no I don't I don't hunt dragons that's against my moral code leave that mm-hmm. shit alone and Yeskir's like we should do it it'll be a great story we'll make so much money off of this and then they find out that Yennefer is one of the other parties that is gonna be participating and then Geralt's like yeah hell yeah I'm in and then <laughs> and Yesker's like oh hell no she's batshit Why so you won't so do it for me just- an adventure yeah. but she'll yeah. do it for pussy She'll do it for her. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the dynamic there is so funny because like she's batshit. Why would you want to do that? She's going to make me into a skin suit, Geralt, and wear me around. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the the uh, the gin story in the mm-hmm. show as well is very funny where he uh, Yesker has a, a, ma- a magical ailment that she mm-hmm. has to cure. And then he wakes up and she is yep. topless. Sitting on the end of the bed, doing her magic voodoo, and he's like, "What the hell is happening?" Or not. Hi there. I bet you're wondering how I got in this situation. Yeah, exact. That's literally record scratch. Yeah, it's really funny dynamic. And then he's like, "I think I need to leave. I think I left my stove on with my cat." And like, yes. it's this really funny, funny banter. And it's like, oh my god, they did such a good job. And then when he sees he's checking if he thinks Geralt's dead, he looks in the mirror, oh, the window, and he's like, oh, he's alive. He's very alive. Oh, he's, oh, he's very alive. Yeah, because they're doing it. They're getting it on (laughs) as only two people can get it on after encountering a djinn. You know, near death sex, I feel like that's, that's pretty exciting. Your body's like, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Here's an orgasm. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, pumping it up, literally. Um, Yeah, so it's, you know. I could gush about this forever, but it's it's great. I mean, it's beautiful adaptation on both sides of the fence. Um, I think the book definitely encompasses a lot more color, and the show really hit mm-hmm. those highlights really, really well. But I mean, between the two of them, beautifully yeah. packaged. Just just mm. as just a solid mm. story, beautiful characters, and either way, yeah. wh- whichever you choose. If you're more of like a TV person, you want to sit down and watch it. Great way of interacting with the story and the source material. And yes. then, you know, if you watch that and you go, man, I'd really like some more, take out the source material. The Read those books. books. There's so many of them. Aren't there like 14 books or something? There's, There's so four, many There were 14 of them. short stories. Let me see here. 
Oh, okay. There's a lot of books, though, because he just kept yes. going and going, and then they actually started to turn mm-hmm. into full-length yes. books because he started with the compilations, and then he got very popular, yes. and they're like, we yes, need more. Yes, we want more. He's like, granted. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, granted. The, the person who read the audiobook is Peter Kenny, so I just have to mention that because oh, he is, yes, he is great amazing. Voice. So I, I have great to tag voice. him because I, just, yeah. I would listen to him and be like, I just want to sit by a fire. Get my little Dreamy. blanket on and just Dreamy. listen to that. It's very zen. I highly recommend yeah. the audiobooks. Since we're done with both, I just really yeah. want to quickly mention why yeah. I love the game so much. Oh, um, yeah, please so do. Specifically, when I say the game, there's more than one game. <laughs> there was... Well, there's only yes. one worth mentioning. <laughs> there, and there's a reason for this. And I'm looking at you, the Witcher series people who are making these changes. It's like, you know why The Witcher 3 did so good compared to the other um, games? Like, it's because they followed the yeah. story more. And it yeah. really, they really did. And I'm just, I'm going to really try to condense it. Um, and it's because the quests and the characters and the interactions were almost like Andrew Stavkovsky wrote them himself because everyone is so endearing mm-hmm. and everyone is so unique and empathetic. And you just, you come upon this person and they're like looking for their goat and their goats in the woods. You got to help them with that. <laughs> and Geralt's, you know, having some unique dialogue. He's interacting with it. There's all this other stuff going on and it's, you feel immersed and it's just, it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I mean, on top of being graphically gorgeous, you know, beautiful. and of course it's yeah, been it a hot a second game. since it released, but it still holds up pretty nicely, but yeah. just, and then they added the DLC with Regis. I know. <laughs> I freaking love Regis. <laughs> I have to mention that he's one of my favorites in the books. He's just this sweet. Cause you, when you think vampire, we think our voice. We think our angsty, yeah. <laughs> you know, drama. But then you got Regis who's like, I've got some plants and a tea that will make you high. <laughs> yeah. Yay. And, and that's Regis. He's just this happy, he's almost like a druid in the way, because he's just he's okay. so he's yeah. such a chill little vampire. And he he can he can <laughs> go and be like vampire-ish, but he's more of like he sits by the little girl and he's like, How you doing? <laughs> you you What's seem that, to be buddy? getting in fights with a bunch of people. That's not good. <laughs> Let's talk. And about he's like, that. "Don't touch me, Regis. <laughs> You're trying me." And he's like, "No, well, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna wait." <laughs> we'll just talk it out. Yeah, and he's just he's just a sweet. And they and they did such a great job making him in the DLC because when I see that Regis, I'm like, "Oh my god, that is how I imagined Regis." Oh, and um, nice. so if you ever do, I, I really think you need to read the rest of the books because if you like these, you know, they're it gets a little darker. There's there's comedy here or there. The, the yeah. initial books are considerably lighter than the later books because it's just the stuff that happens with Siri. Just there's this one scene where yeah. I literally had to put the book down and go, why woof, we got to do this? Why yeah. we got to do this? Yeah. And I won't go into it because yeah. we're already spoiling two books. I won't spoil the rest of that you know there might have to be some surprise <laughs> yeah. i'm just once again letting people know that if you read this just shit goes down with siri and if you have any kind of like there's some trigger trauma, trauma yeah. anything like that just be aware everything that can happen to siri happens to siri Pretty yeah so just letting you yeah. know that girl has been through hell and that's what makes the in, in the witch three i'm going back when he finds her in the witcher three and she and he thinks she's dead and he's had all yeah. this stuff. It's a big yeah, he's moment. He's had all this stuff mm-hmm. happen. And she's been through so much. And that's what makes that scene just heartbreaking when he thinks she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do look at The Witcher 3 as an extension of the source material. That is how much nice. I love that game. So just wanted to mention that. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I haven't seen enough of it. But now that I've definitely dived further into the lore and everything, and it's like, oh, man, this game, I need to kind of revisit and, and take a, a further peek at it because it's beautiful mm -hmm. content to dive into. But yeah, yes. good call out. All right. Well, before we sign off, do you have anything that you're highlighting you want to talk about like are you writing anything are you reading anything are you experiencing anything what's, um what's i want i want to once again lovingly plug the lock tomb series uh electo the Woo! ninth is coming out soon um we currently have gideon Ooh, the ninth nice. harrow the ninth and nona the ninth and it's just a wonderful story love it so much can't cannot plug it enough i mean i already plugged interview with the vampire with all that i am so i try to every now and then be like there are other things i also enjoy wait there are <laughs> and you're just like mary you reach through the webcam to me and you're like there isn't you're, it's the thing i was obsessed with when i was a little teenager and i always dreamed of something this high quality and i'm like no it'll never happen and now it's here <laughs> and, yeah, then and then it and then it happened so that's why but it's if anything happened with um, the Lock Tomb series, I would want it to be an animation from the person who makes uh, Dora Dora Hidoro or yeah Dora Hidoro with the uh, the mass people and like the gore and stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah. I feel like that. Think that style, that comedy, Ooh. but space lesbians. <laughs> yes. Do you have yes. anything you want to plug? <gasps> Ooh. Um. Yeah, so I am re-watching, I've been yes, doing a yes, lot of re-watching yes. actually, but right now I'm re-watching a show on HBO that's called Doom Patrol. Have you seen that? <gasps> nice. I haven't. I've, I've heard uh, it's like a DC thing, right? It is DC, yeah. So it is based off of a DC comic series. Um, it is basically if you're, so DC is like the Batman universe, the uh, Superman, Batman, Green Lantern. Yeah, I was like League, League, <laughs> Justice League, Justice League. I keep, I always, I always say, what a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like that's yep. a different comic, um, but yeah, the Justice League universe. But it's basically a totally different series of superhuman people who are absolutely horrible at being superhuman. <laughs> yes, we gotta love that. Yes, so they are just like a hot mess, and they were all kind of. Some, something kind of horrific happened to them, which completely altered them, and they're now mm -hmm. superhuman. And they all kind of find their way to this one home owned by a man named Niles mm. Calder, who basically gives them a refuge Ooh. because they don't fit in in normal mm -hmm. society. And so they kind of convalesce in his home, and then shit starts to happen mm -hmm. around them and then you start to find more about like what actually happened to them and how that ca came to be and there's just kind of like weird stuff mm -hmm. that happens and it's oh it's so good i do want to plug one of the main characters her name uh -huh. is jane and she so her human form before she was changed she had um multiple personality mm -hmm. disorder and then with the change those personalities actually are physically formed in her head in a under in a in a pathways in her brain that she calls the underground and they actually come up to the surface make her look different and have superhuman powers so she's got like 64 different people physically living inside of her head and they that's all a crowded fucking different. space <laughs> it's amazing it is amazing so the gal who plays her i'm totally spacing on her name but she's also in orange is the new black and she's also the voice of isabella in Encanto. and i know her yes i know her i know she is a she's hands down the best oh, character man. in the show I, I you just named two things i and, love so okay or, 
I know that yes. I ragged on Disney earlier, but I do love Encanto. <laughs> Encanto is so good. But yeah, her character is like the actual embodiment of a person with multiple personality disorders, but then on steroids mm. because they're all And see, I love that. An embodiment of mental illness, mm-hmm. like literally getting to visualize it. Yes. Yeah. Physical. Yeah, physical embodiment. And it's just incredible i can't stress enough how much i love her and she because it's the same actor playing all of these different Mm -hmm. personas but then when you actually go into her head those personas are completely different Uh actors but since it's her body when they come to the surface it's still her body but she looks slightly different she's completely different mannerisms it's amazing super cool okay i might have to watch this just just for that character it kind of also sounds like a yeah, fucked up yeah. kind of uh, X-Men. Like, you know, all these people all yes. together in one house and stuff. Yep. But more yep. realistic. Exactly. It's I really wonder, cool. Like on a tangent, I wonder if like superheroes get together mm-hmm. and they get a little annoyed with the superheroes who had like the easy way of getting their powers. Like, oh, you were just born into it. Or or you just got bit by a spider. Yeah. And then you got this fucker who was just like, oh, <laughs> I had to lose my entire family, get burned alive and then got cursed. Yeah, yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all of them have a pretty horrific thing happen to them, and they go into it in a lot more depth the further into the series you get. But like Jane has the multiple personalities, and then Clint is a race car driver that gets into a horrific accident, and then his brain gets put into a robot Ooh. suit. So he's completely me- yes, mechanical I've seen except that for his brain, and that's Brendan Fraser, which I love. It's Best so boy. good. It's so Best good. Boy. Yes, it's really good. And then there's another character whose name is Larry, and he comes into contact with this crazy, like extraterrestrial energy source, and he becomes basically, um, he the the electrical system lives inside his body, and he's basically like a parasite. But then he himself, Larry, becomes um. He he basically is um, radioactive, so he has to like he can't be around anybody because he he just kills people because Oof. he's radioactive. So they have to give him like a special wrapping, so he looks like a mummy, but it's actually like blocking in the radiation. Okay. I think I've seen that character too. And that yeah yeah. And then the final gal is Rita, and she basically. Um, she turns into this crazy big blob of a thing. It's just like it's it's just I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the blob. And so she she when she gets stressed, when she gets angry, when she gets nervous, she she, her, she literally just starts Ooh, to. Ooh, I think we all melt. have those days. And she, it's <laughs> it's very cool. It's very very cool. Um, and there's a lot of other characters that pop in and out. And it's yeah, it's all right. I will have great. to check that out. It's weird. It ass takes show. a lot to get me to dip my toe into the superhero thing because. Just don't. It's not like your typical superhero most show. superhero things because it's so formulaic. But this does not sound formulaic, so I mm-hmm. I will have to get no. It's I will wacky have to give shit. it a watch. Also, do you know the actor Alan Tiddick? I If I saw this person's face, I would likely know them. Do you know them from anywhere? Anything else? So he's yes. Yeah, so he's in Firefly as Wash, the pilot. Have you seen Firefly? No, we have not. Oh, okay, he's also. In, uh, did you ever see Death at a Funeral? No, I didn't. No. Okay. Mm, okay. You probably know him. He's yeah, in I was a about ton to say, of things. He's also if I like saw a, his face, I'd probably you know. <laughs> and you, if you heard his voice, he's actually been in a lot of Disney films lately. So in, in uh, Frozen, the first one, he was the Duke mm-hmm. of Wesselton. And then he was also the weasel in Zootopia. He's also the voice of the chicken in Moana. Oh! <laughs> Oh, you should have just mentioned a Knight's Tale. Knight's yeah. Tale. Okay, yes. yes. I, yes, I know of him tale. and I love him. Yes. 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 
Yes. He's the bad guy in season oh one and two. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to have to give it a watch. Yes. That honestly is what sold me because Alan Tudor can no, do yeah, no wrong. There are, I am obsessed with There are definitely those him. actors who are like, okay, he's in it. Okay, I, gotta, I have to watch it. I must watch. Yeah. He's phenomenal. His name is Mr. Nobody. <laughs> I'm he's nobody. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's, it is mm-hmm. a weird watch. It makes no sense half the time. And it is very much your tip, not your typical like I'm DC that show. way about it's David great. Tennant. I, I fucking love David Tennant. <gasps> he's just yes. a good, good yes. Uh, <laughs> I know. I've met David Tennant. He's very, very nice. <gasps> Damn you. <laughs> He's very, he's very, very nice. I've also met Alan Tudyk. He's also oh, very, man. very nice. You know what? Just, just humble brag. Just humble brag. I know. I know. Because well, this is because they all go to comic cons, and I've mm-hmm. met them at comic cons. That is the only reason. I, <laughs> they're they're See, lovely. I gotta humans, eventually though. do that because like during all the years when I was like like younger and I wanted to just I one one of two things wouldn't happen. I would either have wouldn't have the money or shit would be going on in my life and I just yeah. couldn't. And now I've just yep. had so many people yep. who are like, you need to go to a con. I'm like, the universe is telling me that I need to go to a convention soon. You need to. It must But it here's must the thing, universe. I'm talking They're to you, universe. Blast. If I go to a convention, <laughs> motherfucking Sam Reed or Jacob Anderson better be there. <gasps> better be there. Yeah. Hunt them I'll down. I'll just walk through the crowd going, Jacob, <laughs> Sam. Jacob, Sam, where are you? Yeah. Oh, my Eric, God. Bailey, <laughs> Rollin. <laughs> All of my lovely boys. I need, I need you all, all here. Oh my just one god! Of them. Just I'm yes. like a little SpongeBob. Well, if I could just, just touch one. the hem of his pocket protector, then some of his greatness would rub <laughs> off on me. Yes, I love it. Oh my god! Well, on that lovely note, uh, thank you so much for joining me once again and having a lovely little nerd out. It was this was a blast enjoyed. as always. usual. If you do yes. end up doing the girl yes, with the dragon tattoo you. one, I'd love to to do that with you. You let me know, kid. I'm always on the lookout for more content because there's plenty of things to cover, but I need to, like, not harass the same two people. I'm thinking of, like, Julie and mm-hmm. Spencer. <laughs> I keep harassing the same people to do that. But, episodes, hey, if you so, get yeah, a third come person back for rotation that you're not bugging anyone as much and you can kind of cycle, <laughs> you know? There you go. Yep. Yep. Just kind of ro- rope through it. Yep. That's kind of where I'm trying to respect my friend's time but also please stop don't stop yeah. talking to me like, i i know that we only ever do this but the thing is though that these kind of podcasts are almost just like a hangout you know it's 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 not oh, like yeah. you're you're yeah, not I like, like impeding so. my enjoyment this is exciting i just like i want to make sure that i am giving good content for your podcast because yeah, good always good. always yes 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 Thank you so much for joining. It has been yes. just a treat to chat with you yet again. And thank you to our listeners for sticking it out with all of our nerddom. We appreciate you and thanks. And we will see y'all next Bye. time. Bye. Bye-bye. To Toss a cup to your valley of Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, my God.